Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, no one knows there was happily reading away articles and things like that and realized, oh, the show starts in two minutes. <laughs> so I had to program everything running around like crazy. I actually had my water this time, so uh, we're somewhat organized. What is the date today? 25th. Okay, is it the 25th? 25th. Okay, so 10, 25. Don't mind me. I'm just kind of – I'm still organizing the show. Now, actually, we had um, – Bill, unfortunately, had to uh, uh, step away from the microphone, as they say, for, for this morning. So he had a last-minute thing he has to do, so he won't be joining us. So I had half an hour to kind of rant and rave and, and talk about stuff. Um, there's there's so much going on, uh, and as usual, I I don't know why this is probably why I do radio shows because I see things that I don't think anybody else sees, or they do. Usually, it takes a while to catch on, but uh, I'm blessed with kind of you know this like this early you know kind of recognition of, of certain things. Um, the first one being um, calling the the DC uh, uh, prisoners political prisoners. I did that back when. Uh, uh, George Papadopoulos is on the show. This is, this is probably two years ago now. It's a long time. Uh, and then it caught on. Everybody calls them political prisoners. Uh, I called it the D.C. Gulag long before anybody else had called it the D.C. Gulag. And whether they thought of it independently or heard me, I don't know. And it really doesn't matter because it is the D.C. Gulag. Uh, other things that, that uh, we do a lot of things here. I mean, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Fauci gets known as Dr. Fascist. We've been calling him Dr. Fascist for, for probably three years now. Um, or ever since COVID started. Well, it was a couple months after COVID. So probably by... I would say April or May of, of 2020, he became Dr. Fascist. And all these different things, the GLP, the gelding old party, I got Mosley. <laughs> Mosley calls it the gelding old party now, too. So it, it catches on. And so language is critical. The part of the mass psychosis, the idea um, that uh, – um, uh, of how to control a population and then how to get rid of a, a mass psychosis. COVID was a mass psychosis. COVID was not a disease. It was not a virus. Uh, it was a mass psychosis. It was a psychological operation uh, and, and a marketing campaign. The virus had very little to do with it because the virus wasn't that serious. I had it. Uh, I'm sick for a couple of days. Well, I, I can be sick for a couple of days, you know, with, with a bad cold. <laughs> you know, so but I don't change my world over it. I don't lock myself down or well, I just stay home for a couple of days. That's what normal people do when they get sick. You stay home, you recover, so you don't get everybody else sick and you go back to work. No big deal, right? Anyway, so that was a mass psychosis. But uh, Václav Havel, the, um, the, uh, the, the poet who became the head of uh, Czechoslovakia, I guess later the Czech Republic after they, they threw out their, their Russian communists, uh, he talked about three ways to get rid of a mass psychosis. Uh, the first is uh, truth. <laughs> you got to tell the truth. You know, uh, the second thing is ridicule. Oh, we're big on that. We love ridicule here. Uh, if you listen to any of my sarcastic pieces, I might play some today just, just to be uh, just to ridicule. But uh, if you if any of that, um, it's just uh, the third one. The third one is probably the most important parallel structures. So in other words, you, you do something parallel to what uh, the oppressors are doing, the, this mass psychosis is doing. And our, our parallel structure to, to Congress and legislatures is our action radio citizen legislature where we write better bills, shorter bills, simpler bills, more powerful bills, uh, bills that actually help people far more than anything coming out of uh, Congress or the state legislatures, for the most part. There's some really good bills there, too. In fact, some of them, uh, one of them, Robin uh, Tout, who was my guest yesterday, talked about the bill that she wrote. So it is, the idea of citizen legislation is catching on. It's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be incredibly powerful, and we're going to do amazing things. All right, so let's talk about what happened last night. 
And this, this is actually very key and critical. And hopefully other folks will pick up on my terminology, which I, I love when that happens. What they say, imitation is, is, the, is the greatest form of flattery. So I, I love it. Go ahead, flatter me. Copy what I say. Feel free. <laughs> That's why I do it. Um, but uh, but uh, let me get my title on my show up here. So I'm going to read it. To, so I have, to, I have to leave live chat for a minute. So I wrote the extorted plea bargains of the Trump folks. Uh, that would be Jenna Ellis, uh, Sidney Powell of late. The extorted pleas. In other words, they, well, I'll read the whole title and I'll explain it. Extorted plea bargains of Trump folks like forced POW confessions. Okay. So what are, we, what are we talking about here? Why do I say extorted? I say extorted because these people are under huge investigations. Uh, they have to spend massive amounts of money. Uh, they're, they're trying to create these legal defense funds, but they can't match what the government's spending on them because the government's spending our own money against them. So the illegal government is taking our money illegally to prosecute people who did nothing wrong. That's the situation. It's insane. We're, we're living in an insane time. It's a, I, I kind of knew this was coming. I, I just didn't know when. And so it's here now. So now I have, so I, I've been prepared for this mentally for decades. I am not the slightest bit surprised. Uh, in fact, I always felt you know, ever since I came to the United States, you know, back when I was a teenager, young teenager, 12 years old, I figured the next country that's going to have a, a, a communist or a fascist or Nazi revolution would be the United States because the government's too big. It's just that simple. The government is too big. And so the best way to keep uh, freedom and keep peace is to make the government a whole lot smaller. I'm thinking like about a tenth the size that it is right now. You need to, you need to drop most of it. Uh, that's the only way we're going to be safe from the federal government because they are far too powerful. There's far too many, uh, and they're so entrenched. And they don't care. Once they join the government, they, they, it's almost like you leave your American citizenship behind. You become this automaton. You become this apparatchik is what they call the communists. Uh, the, real, the, the communists over in you know, Russia and China, apparatchiks, you, know, you do whatever the party says. You're, 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 an, you're a cog in the wheel. You're nothing more. And the expression, just following orders, you know, whether you do it in a Chinese accent or a Russian accent or any other uh, Cuban accent or any other communist you know, country, Venezuelan, doesn't matter. It's all the same thing, just following orders. In other words, you'll kill people if ordered to. Even if, it doesn't matter if you think it's right or wrong. You don't care. Right or wrong doesn't enter into it. You're just following orders, right? That's how it works. So what's happening right now is all these bogus prosecutions from Jack Smith, who has no business having any kind of a law degree whatsoever, uh, let alone be a prosecutor, is, is uh, using the full force of the uh, Brandon illegal government, the insurrection, to prosecute people who are simply trying to say what the truth is, that the, the election was stolen. And what they're doing, and when I watch, Sidney Powell was bad enough, but Jen Ellis was particularly bad because she, here she is crying, reading this statement that I know she didn't wrote. I know she doesn't believe a word of it. You know, she's incredibly intelligent. You know, so this is not a stupid woman up there confessing. So the only reason you could, that you could make someone like that do what she did, a forced confession, admitting things that she absolutely knows are completely untrue, is extortion. So how do they extort her? Well, you bring the full weight of the federal government down in, in a fashion so incredibly oppressive that uh, she feels she has no choice. So the question is, you know, it, and this isn't justice. This is nothing to do with justice. This is this has nothing to do with law. This has nothing to do with anything. Why the Supreme Court hasn't thrown all these cases out? I have no idea. They're, see, they're part of the problem. They're part of the deep state. They're part of the apparatchiks. So the Supreme Court judges, and I say judges because that's what Article Three in the Constitution says. And if you don't believe me, look it up. I don't make this stuff up. Anyway, so the the, the whole idea that these people. Know, are confessing to things that they know they never did, that we know they never did, but they're doing it anyway, all so they can get Donald Trump. That's what's ultimately going on here. This is a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's real. We're watching it every day. This is a conspiracy. This is a conspiracy to defraud the American public of our choice so that the government chooses the government. 
I'll be writing an article on this. Uh, in fact, I've been sort of started an article on the government issues of the government, but this is kind of like the, the, the this, this is the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. So Jenna Ellis gets up and making, makes a confession on video that everybody, that the, the left is going to be displaying for, for months all through the campaign. They're going to say, see, Trump's own people don't, don't like him, don't agree with him. They, they felt coerced. They were, they were ashamed. They were extorted into doing it. No, they weren't. No, the prosecutors, the leftist prosecutors were doing the extortion. So what does this sound like? Well, it sounds to me like uh, when I watch those movies or when I see actual news videos of POWs, uh, particularly Vietnam. And North Vietnam was, was famous for taking American POWs from the Hanoi Hilton and forcing them to make confessions. America is a terrible country. I hate my country. You know, it's, it's, it's all their fault. So the good people of the, the People's Republic of North Vietnam are wonderful saints, you know, and it's the American, you know, government that's doing all these horrible things to them. I'm not a patriot. I don't believe in, you know, freedom, justice, you know, mom, apple pie. I don't, they, they're forced to admit all these horrible things. We knew, we knew they didn't believe it. Everybody knew that. The, the North Vietnamese knew they didn't believe it. That wasn't the point. The point was to make them say it. And so the whole point of this, we know that we know Jenna Ellis doesn't believe what she said. The Democrats know Jenna Ellis doesn't believe what she said. It doesn't matter. All they wanted to do is have her say it so they can use it in court against Trump. That's what's going on here. So the parallels to me are very striking. Now, there's a big difference between torture and extortion. Okay, the soldiers in Hanoi Hilton, the soldiers in, in North Korea, the soldiers in, in Nazi uh, Gestapo camps, the soldiers. Yeah, I don't know about uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. I don't remember seeing any forced confessions. I don't think that was a, a problem there. If it was, I apologize for not knowing. But as far as I'm as far as I can remember, this pretty much stopped with Vietnam. Because we didn't have quite the same involvement. So, and we weren't flying airplanes with missiles, you know, planes that are unfortunately rather easily shot down, like the Skyhawk. Great airplane. Um, but uh, the Russian missiles and the Chinese missiles that were given to North uh, Vietnam were also very good, better than the subsonic Skyhawk, which had never been bombing there, shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Anyway, point being that the, the pilots were shot down. That includes John McCain, by the way. John McCain, you know, suffered horribly in, in the North Vietnam in the Hanoi Hilton, in the, in the basically the concentration camp prison. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll kudos him for that, for, you know, bless him for what he did there, for surviving that. It's what he did in the Senate that I have problems with, and that's another story. So I don't take away anything from what he, he did as serving this country, but apparently he wasn't that good a pilot. That's what they say. Um, but uh, he got the job, you know, because he was an admiral's kid. So, so politics works in the military, too. But the point of this is that all of, the, all of the, our brave soldiers in the Hanoi Hilton, in fact, there's one, there's a famous soldier, I've forgotten his name, and I apologize for that too, but he actually, um, he, he did Morse code with, with his eyelids. He was blinking torture while he was confessing to things that he knew weren't true, that everybody knows he didn't believe, that the North Vietnamese knew he didn't believe. It didn't matter. He was, he was, uh, he was blinking out Morse code for torture. That's a soldier. That's dedication. It'd be interesting if Jen Ellis would do the same thing. You know, if she, if she uh, you know, blinked out, I'm lying <laughs> in Morris code, you know, I don't believe this, you know, extortion. So, so how does this extortion work? Well, it's actually pretty simple. First of all, like I say, the government has uh, unlimited uh, amounts of our funds to go after these people. They can bring up all the bogus charges. They can haul them into court. They can do all these things. And all that stuff costs money, costs a huge amount of money. So first of all, the first thing to do is break you financially, which isn't hard to do because the government always has more money. It's like if, you, uh, if you're a criminal, you, know, you, you, you fight, the, fight the local police. You can fight the local police, but then the county sheriff gets involved. And if that doesn't work, then they call it the, the, the state police. And if that doesn't work, they call it the state national guard. And if that doesn't work, they call, call it the Marines. Sooner or later, you're going to lose because they can always call out more people. You know, they, they, we've got 287,000 uh, bureaucrats under arms in, the, in, in Washington, D.C., in the federal government. 
287,000, that's an army. That's bigger than most of the armies that fought throughout uh, world history. So we have more armed bureaucrats than uh, most countries had uh, army, and most countries still have army. We only have 185,000 combat marines, but we've got 287,000 armed bureaucrats. We've got 100, 000, more than 100,000 more bureaucrats armed than we have marines armed. Think about that for a minute. That's how bad the situation is. Um, so anyway, so these, these forced confessions have to stop. And, and someone, you know, uh, you can't count on the gelding old party. They're, they're co-opted by the deep state. They can't even elect a speaker. Although they do have a good person. Uh, I think it's Mark Johnson. Is it Mark Johnson? Or, you know, let me see what his name This guy, he looks like an accountant. He's great. He's going to be very good uh, uh, for this role. Uh, All right, I put it somewhere. Mike, I think it might be Mike Johnson. I, I guess it's one of my many. I, I try to distribute my things around here. Uh, okay, I don't think I have a story on it, but Mike Johnson, the person they're looking at now is really good. Uh, I've seen him in, com- in committee uh, hearings. He asks great questions, very methodical. Very, he's like the good lawyer. <laughs> you know, he's like the one that's organized, that already knows the answers to all the questions. He just kind of methodically leads you, leads you to where he wants to go. It's kind of what I try to do with my interviews when I'm, when I'm with somebody that I, I really want to get to a conclusion. I kind of ask questions and you know, sort of you know, make, make the pathway smaller and smaller and smaller so eventually they, they say you know, what, I, what I wanted to hear all along. Okay, fine. I should have been a lawyer. Couldn't afford the loans. I find that rather ironic, too. So anyway, so that's the situation we find ourselves in, is that these people uh, are being threatened with endless uh, legal fees, which they can't possibly afford. Um, they're also threatened with having their, their entire reputation uh, slandered, which the government can do. Now, it's illegal, but the government does it anyway. They don't care. Their, their character destroyed, uh, their family uh, character destroyed, and everything about them destroyed. Uh, and the other thing they face is a ridiculous amount of completely bogus felony charges. So the government simply makes up charges. I mean, Brandon Straka knows all about this. I'll let you, I'll let you get him back on the show because I really want to talk to, this, talk to him about this bill. Uh, so Brandon Straka was on the show. Uh, again, once I reach these people, it's hard to reach them again because I have folks that help get them on the show in the first place. Anyway, so Brandon uh, was talking about uh, his incarceration for nothing. He wasn't even in the Capitol. And they, uh, they arrested him and threw him in jail anyway. Why? Why? To make an example of him. So nobody else ever protests the deep state. Now, the fascinating part about the deep state is they talk about, when they talk about the 2020 election, they don't talk about the 2020 election. They talk about the results of the 2020 election. Oh, gee, Greg, what's the difference? Channeling Rush Limbaugh. The difference is everything. The difference between the 2020 election and the results of the 2020 election are everything. See, what that shows is, is that the deep state doesn't care about the fraud. They don't care about the means. They don't care about anything. All they care about are the results. The ends justify the means. Okay, the means are election fraud. The ends are the results. That's pure communism. It's right out of the Communist Manifesto by, uh, by um, Karl Marx. So the ends justify the means. So the ends are whatever it takes to win is okay. The ends justify the means. So whatever means you use are fine as long as you get the ends that you're looking for. And the ends were to install Joe Biden in the White House illegally and an entire coup government around him illegally so that Obama could run everything behind the scenes. And Hillary too. Hillary runs the domestic stuff and Obama runs the foreign stuff. So this, these confessions, these, these coerced confessions, these, this, this long list of, of decades worth of charges that these people are facing if convicted by a bogus jury that's not of their peers, it's already rigged. I mean, the, the case is already decided. These are rigged cases, every bit as much as the election was rigged. And these people know it. Amy Powell knows it. Jenna Ellis knows it. They know if they go to trial, they're going to lose. It doesn't matter what the evidence is. The judge is going to throw it out. It doesn't matter what, when the prosecutor lies. The judge doesn't care because they're all in on it. So there's no possibility of justice here. None. 
that what they're going to get is, is 50 years in jail. And the question is, do they count on Trump winning and getting him out? That's the decision they have to make. Is it worth going to jail, hoping that Donald Trump will become president? And of course, the lobby let out at that point, and hopefully the people that put them in jail go to jail themselves. I mean, the D.C. Gulag, I would keep the D.C. Gulag, and I would put in all the prosecutors, Jack Smith, the entire Department of Justice is prosecuting these people and all the bogus things they're doing. Uh, Merrick Garland, special place for him in a little solitary cell somewhere with a bucket. That's all you get. That's what you gave the Trump uh, supporters. That's what you're going to get. Kind of an eye for an eye, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't care. If that's what they're doing, why not? Because they know they're doing it for, for, for the simple reason they're trying to extort and scare people into not protesting. They're trying to scare people, me, from not doing my show. Well, good luck with that. You know, I'd, be, I'd, still be, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'd still be broadcasting this kind of stuff even if I didn't have a microphone. I'd be broadcasting to the FBI people that arrested me. Say, hey, guys, don't you want your country back? Why are you doing this? Uh, sorry, just following orders. Yeah, I know. I've heard that before. We're in Belarusian, but we're just following orders. KGB, this is how we do things. We just follow orders. Or, or the Chinese, you know, secret police. Ah, oh, good. So they're just following others. Anyway, excuse my bad accents. But you, you get the idea. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's still just following orders. That's what they're doing. They're just following orders. And so the way out of it is, <laughs> gee, Greg, what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, we always do things. Well, a while back, I wrote a bill, which I'm going to pull up now. And, uh, and that is, we'll, we'll talk about the off-duty pilot and the mushrooms another time. This is, this is a little more important. I've got the half hour. I'm going to use it. So the, uh, and guess what? My website's back for a while. We fixed it uh, until it's hacked again. We'll see if it's working today. It's working today. Okay, good. So, you know, bless my web people. <laughs> you know, the, so the, the company is pretty good. I need a webmaster. So I really need a webmaster to help me out. To, uh, to, uh, I can't pay yet, but I will <laughs> as soon as the show gets successful. All right, so let's go to all. So you go to writeyourlaws.com. Then you go to the legislation uh, on the, on the uh, menu, uh, menu board up top. And then you look up the Investigation Compliance Cost Payment and Government Liability Act, or what I'm calling the Defense Equity Act. Okay, defense equity. What's that? Well, that, that's where that's where people who are being uh, investigated uh, get the same amount of money um, to defend themselves as the government is paying to investigate them. Okay, that's what this is. So here's the cure. So as always, we have the cure. That's the whole point of the show is to, is to cure problems that are going on. Now I've, I've I wrote this back in September, so it's fairly, it's pretty new. But I've given it to a bunch of people. Have they talked about it on, on the other news shows? No. Uh, is this getting the national debate? No. Are people sharing this online? No. And what's happening? People like Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell are forced to confess to things they know they didn't do, to say things they know that aren't true, simply because they want to avoid bogus federal charges that will put them in jail for decades for things that uh, are completely bogus that they didn't do at all. You know, and so that's why they're doing it. They're confessing to things that they know are untrue simply to avoid bogus charges which are untrue to send them to jail, which they cannot defend against because they don't have the money and the juries and the judges and the, the prosecutors are all working for the deep state. That's the problem. Introduction of my bill, the Investigation Compliance Cost Payment and Government Liability Act, September 3rd, 2023, written by, yeah, this is one of mine. One of the most important principles of our country is that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. However, just because you haven't been convicted and all your due process given, you can still be treated as a criminal or worse, be a victim of a criminal investigation, even if never proven guilty of anything. Simply an investigation itself without any formal charges can still damage or destroy a person, group, business, or any private entity. 
the costs of compliance, the presence of federal offices in your place of business, the legal fees, the fear and doubt placed in customers, friends, and family, and the stigma that there must be something to the investigation, or why else would the government be investigating, brings about doubt and mistrust that can change lives forever. Therefore, one of the greatest weapons of a government investigation is the change in perception of the subject to guilty until proven innocent. That suspicion will always be there. So the subject or subjects of the investigation are never perceived as totally innocent or beyond any reasonable doubt ever again. The effect and power of a government investigation is infinitely magnified when that government came to power illegally and recognizes no law save for what they make up and want for themselves. Such is the case with the Biden illegal government that came to power in a coup d'etat, which stole the election, the 2020 election. The Department of Justice in this criminal regime is being used as a weapon against any challenge to their illegally acquired power. Therefore, their investigations have become just as illegal as they are. When the executive is allowed by the rest of the government to investigate, prosecute, and incarcerate anyone and be able to seize anything all for their own power, control, and perpetuation, anyone or any entity that challenges their power or simply says that their power is illegitimate is a potential victim of a federal investigation. Therefore, we the people have to have a way to fight and stop such tyranny. This applies to all future legal, legal administrations as well. They all have bureaucrats acting independently as warlords, and the president, even a good one, can't watch them all. The Congress is always going to have enough aspiring dictators to cover or hide the actions of such bureaucrat authoritarians. Therefore, this new law is required in order to prevent anyone or any entity under a federal investigation from suffering any penalty or loss before full due process has been exercised and an actual conviction has been rendered in a court of law. The way to do this is to pay in advance to anyone under investigation the same total amount that the investigating agency is paying for their own investigation. And in addition to pay for any compliance costs, legal fees, and for any lost revenue due to the investigation itself and any reduction of goodwill or other loss of customer support. The goal of this legislation is that no person or other entity should ever suffer or experience any loss because of a federal investigation. Since we are innocent until proven guilty, such guilt must be proven before any loss can be suffered. Let me say that again. That's the key phrase of this whole introduction to this bill. Since we are innocent until proven guilty, such guilt must be proven before any loss can be suffered. Then I said in the last whole paragraph, no one should ever have to create a legal defense fund to defend against the unlimited power and revenue behind the federal government. This legislation is the great equalizer, such that any citizen and any other entity in this country is not only innocent until proven guilty, but is without loss, victimization, stigma, or any other penalty as well. That's the key. Innocent until – so let me say this sentence again. This is really key as well. This legislation is the great equalizer such that any citizen – equalizer between the citizen and the government, which is what the show is all about anyway – such that any citizen and any other entity in this country is not only innocent until proven guilty, but is without loss, victimization, stigma, or any other penalty as well. Make sense? So uh, the new law, uh, this proposed new law, t- takes uh, its title 18, 
Chapter 205, and I add a new Section 3119. So if you go to Title 18, which is the criminal code, uh, Chapter 205, um, which is, again, this kind of stuff I looked up a while back, uh, there's, it goes up to Section 3118, and I'm adding a new Section 3119, and this section is titled Compliance and Other Costs, Government Liability. Then I've got a purpose. Uh, I'll read just a little bit here. Uh, and then I'll go through just eh, maybe three of these, and then the Wendy will be here. So the purpose. The purpose of this section is for the government to pay all the costs of compliance, lost revenue, lost employees, lost customer market share, and goodwill, and any and all legal fees, document searches, collections, and presentations, consultants, in fact, the costs, any costs at all to anyone, any company, any organization, any entity at all under, federal, under any federal investigation such that any party being investigated suffer no loss at all during the course of and as a result of any federal investigation. And I'll follow up due process up to final conviction. That's the purpose of this law. And this is going to go right into the federal code. Okay, this is the, that's the way it's designed to go. Second part, defense equity payment. At the very first contact with the subject of an investigation by electronic, phone, mail, or any other method before any federal personnel make personal contact with a person, company, organization, or entity of any kind, a direct deposit known as a defense equity payment, I love that term, shall be made to the main account of the subject of an investigation equal to the total amount spent so far on that investigation from all sources for all reasons, including any federal contractors. This amount shall be paid so that the subject of any investigation may begin compliance with and defense against the investigation without cost to them or their company or other entity. Such payments shall continue monthly through the entire investigation. Well, gee, Greg, how are you going to know that the, the government's telling the truth? Well, we, we have a thing down below called instant uh, freedom of information. So, that, so the law says they'll have to respond that day. Someone has a request, they have that day to comply. Uh, the next one uh, said, uh, here, the last one, compliance costs, this is the last one I'll read. Uh, then I'll play a couple of things here before Wendy gets here. C, compliance costs. Any entity subject, uh, subject I should put to a federal investigation. I gotta, I'll fix that later. In addition to being paid the equal amount spent by the federal government on their investigation, shall bill the investigative agencies or other federal government entities for any individual or ongoing compliance costs during the entire ongoing investigation. These costs shall include, but shall not be limited to, all legal and attorney fees and related legal expenses, any paperwork expenses for research, collection, duplication, and transportation. Yeah, the federal government can require, you know, truckloads of papers, right? Any hiring of personnel, consultants, or other companies to deal with the investigation, any other expenses incurred as a result of any federal investigation, compliance costs shall also be paid monthly. Now, just from what you heard so far, the introduction to the bill, the purpose of it, the purpose, defense equity payment and compliance costs, do you think for a second that if this bill were federal law right now, that Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis would have confessed to anything? I'll give you like five seconds to answer. The answer well, I'll tell you. The answer is no, they wouldn't. They'd still be fighting because they'd have every bit as much money as the government is spending on them. They'd be able to bill the government for all the compliance costs. There'd be no legal defense fees. There'd be an infinite array of, of lawyers lining up to take on the government to make a name for themselves and actually do some good work. Uh, the situation would be totally different. So why isn't this law out there? Well, because the deep state doesn't want you to know about it. They don't want you to know I wrote it. They don't want you to know that it's there. And the people, but what really kills me is not that I, I expect the deep state to try and suppress me. That's normal. What I, what I am surprised at is that uh, the Trump campaign that has this, the people that I talk to, the people I've had on the show, the guests that have access to the entire you know, national uh, public, don't talk about it. That's staggering to me. <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway, Wendy's here in a couple of minutes. Let me, do, uh, let me play a couple of things before we get to her, and then, uh, and then off we go. Yeah, where is it? Uh, yep, there we go. 
Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. And Wendy's here, so let's get going with the Oh My God Report or as we call it, Christianity with a kick. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. Of course, it helps if I make her line live. <laughs> this is a crazy morning. Okay, you're live now, Wendy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I- yeah, I, I was so wrapped up with my, my rant uh, the last half hour. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. But I just, once I, it, it's weird. You know, as soon as I start talking, uh, things just pop into my brain. It, it's like, you know, you know, thoughts right. in, words out. It's like this continual stream. You know, it's like trying to stop Niagara Falls. Once it, you know, it's going. It's been going for a while. It's going to keep going. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, thoughts in, words out. Blah. 
But uh, no, this is actually it was a very serious topic. Uh, in fact, the title of the show today. I'll be curious your feeling before we get started. So I, I, I had to you know compartmentalize because only so many word spaces I have. I wrote extorted plea bargains of Trump folks like forced POW confessions. In other words, comparing, not comparing the torture, not comparing the treatment, but just the, 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 the idea of forcing a confession that they know they don't believe, that the people forcing the, the confession don't believe, that the American public doesn't believe, but they're making them say it anyway so they can use it against Trump. It reminds me of, of the soldiers in Hanoi Hilton. You know, that were forced to say America sucks. America is a terrible country. You know, the, the blessed people of the People's Republic of North Vietnam are wonderful. We knew they didn't believe it. They were under torture. Of course they said it. The alternative was death. You know, with these folks, the alternative is, no, is and, you know, decades and, of imprisonment. So what do you think? seems very similar. Well, and also, and after having to betray your country, not wanting to, and, and to do all the propaganda stuff, then you have... Um, I even hate saying her name, Jane Fonda, uh, mm-hmm. over there, and the ultimate betrayal to our countrymen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So, Hanoi, Hanoi Jane. Yeah. yeah. They still call her that. Yeah. But uh, yep. I don't, no one's picked up on this yet, but it just it, it struck me last night. I'm watching Jen Ellis. I know she doesn't believe it because I've watched her through the hearings. She was dedicated. She knows the election was stolen. She has all the evidence. So for her to say that she was coerced or that she was told things that weren't true, it's a bunch of nonsense. I know it because I've watched her for, I guess those hearings went on for, for several months. Her and Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Giuliani's not confessing. You know, he, he's he's got no. uh, bigger cojones, you know, than a lot of people. Uh, he was mayor of New York. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a tough guy. He's a tough old Italian dude. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Jen Ellis, you know, why does she want, you know, 50 years in prison at the hands of a, of a D.C. rigged jury, a D.C. rigged prosecutor and D.C. rigged uh, judge behind a, a, an illegal government? That's what she's facing. She knows she's going to lose in court. They're going to convict her. That's well, extortion. She's... She, well, they promised her, you know, that that's never going to happen. Oh. Say this, so, and that's going to happen. Yeah. That, well, they have to do is say, well, and, look, he confessed. And, they can turn around and say, we well, confessed. We can promise it. It's like Mike Flynn. Because they can promise anything they want for the confession and then say, well, you know what? We got your confession on tape. Everybody's seen it. We think you're guilty. We're going we're gonna to retry you. I mean, come on. That's easy. I'm sorry, Wendy. Yeah. You're saying? It, no, it, it's, it's true. And, but all of this is pretty much going to be a moot point because um, God has been saying for almost two years now, you know, mm-hmm. y'all better change your ways because I'm going to expose every one of you. I'm going to take some of you out. Yeah. Um, and your seats will be vacated because I will have righteousness ruling my land again. Because it's not, America is not just up for grabs. God says it, it's my America. He's claiming that he created the entire world and all the earth that we are sitting on. Mm-hmm. So don't don't try to mess with it, you know, because um, especially that he's given literally, you know, eons <laughs> for us to get things straight and and to mm-hmm. you know do things right, and we have not, uh, and the church has failed miserably. Um, yeah. We have let the world infiltrate, and we've tried to be seeker-friendly, quote-unquote, um, uh, and, and we've watered down the gospel, and we've preached a false Jesus and a false gospel. And, you know, nobody even mentions hell anymore or the realities of it, and nobody wants to do anything but talk about grace. So just, you know, walk down the aisle, give them your member card, and go live however you want, and, you know, God's going to take you to heaven anyway. Yeah, no. pay your dues in the plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> pay yeah. your dues in the plate, no, and you're done, not- right? No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And that's not how it works. 
So, um, and a lot of people are going to be absolutely shocked and surprised when uh, God says to them, depart from me. I never knew you. I, they never knew the real Jesus. They never knew the real God. They never had any experience with a real Holy Spirit. They did religion. And that's a one-way ticket to hell. So nobody wants to preach that anymore. So um, at, but now it's, it's time to go to Piper. You know, here, here, here's yes, like, uh, you know, it, it's like preach du jour. You know, this is what we talk about. Um, I, I got a question. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> and what is your preach du jour? Yeah, you, you can use that term. So, and now, Greg, our preach du jour is. So, I, I, like I say, I make this stuff up. It just comes. Thanks, God. Appreciate the help. Um, it's uh, there was a time when Christians were thrown to the lions and they did not deny their faith. Um, there were there That's were people right. there were, there are people that have been beheaded. Um, by ISIS on video camera who did not renounce Christianity. There are people That's you know, right. that, uh, uh, and I'm looking at Jen Ellis and Cindy Powell. I said, you're only facing jail. Yes, jail is a terrible thing, but you're not being beheaded. Okay. You're not, you're not being That's tortured right. in the Hanoi, you're in the Hanoi Hilton. There, there's uh, the, you know, as much as I like these people, I see it. There's a lack of character. You know, you can't let these people win because everybody knows that these are bogus confessions. They just want them. So, so where, what, what part of God is missing in their lives that they don't have the, the courage of their own convictions, which they did before when it was popular in front of, you know, friendly uh, legislators and things like that, like uh, Doug Mastrioni in uh, Pennsylvania, you know, or the Arizona folks, uh, you know, um, Wendy Rogers has been on the show, state senator. You know, when you're before a friendly audience, it's easy to be brave. The real test of bravery is when you're before a bunch of uh, leftist apparatchiks of the communist illegal government. That's when real bravery takes place. And they didn't show it. That's right. I'm, disappoint- I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just this week, um, the Lord has said that he is fixing to expose uh, the traitors on the Supreme Court um, mm. and, and several other places. Um, in our government. Okay. And so I, I, I just think it, it, when he says that and, he's, and this is like uh, when, when he says something more than once um, and he says it closer together than mm-hmm. he has said it before, no is fixing to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, you know. We've crossed the line of it's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. It's now come to the point of I'm fixing to do this, and now there's no changing it. You, you've had your opportunity to, to have my mercy upon you, and you have not repented. You have not done anything to change your ways. And some of you, he said, um, have even doubled down you know, and hardened your heart even more. Um, yeah. And th- th- there will be no mercy for them. Does this come under false witness? Uh, if you bear false witness against yourself, in other words, if you confess to things that you know aren't true, um, is that is that one of the commandments, or is that? Um, it's, it's not one of the, It's not a commandment, but it certainly. It's in scripture. Yeah, there's scriptures all over the place. You know that you cannot. Um, God considers that treason to the faith. Okay. You know, um, and, and and bearing false witness against somebody else is that's a serious crime in God's book, <clears throat> because you know um, we we all have enough to answer for as it is instead of you know and because that's what happened yeah. to Jesus. They bore yeah. false witness against him. Right. So God that that holds a special place in God's you know book of 
oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's called betrayal, folks. <laughs> but you can betray yourself, yep. and this is what I think is happening. You know, another interesting yes, thing is what happened. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the vote of the, the House uh, Republican conference, when they were public, only 28 people voted against uh, Jordan for speaker. But when they had the little private meeting in the basement, much like the January 6th you know, extortion to get mm-hmm. Brandon elected and dump the Trump electors, 125, I think it was, 125. So almost 100 more people changed their vote in private when nobody was looking and it's not recorded because it's a secret ballot than uh, would do it openly mm-hmm. in, the sun, in the sunshine of day. So there's, there's false witness. False witness. So, there's, so what they do in public and what they do in private uh, is two totally different things. So that's why that vote should be public. But uh, that's, that's more false witness. That's, more, that's, a, that's a character, serious character betrayal uh, and a country betrayal. Well, and, and, and the scripture also comes to mind that says that he who seeks to save his life shall lose it. And who is willing to lose his life shall save it. Yeah, that sounds like a good action radio uh, thing. I mean, I, don't, I hope it never comes to that, but you never know don't know how bad this is yes. going to get, you know, and so, uh, and, and what will, uh, what will these people, you know, it's not that far from, uh, from uh, the DC gulag to uh, lining up against a wall. It's not that big a step. Yeah, no, 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 it, it really is not. And people don't realize that. It, mm-hmm. it really, it, I do. It, it's just a couple of steps, folks. Yeah. Yep. So everything I'm seeing is leading to the same conclusion that all the worst horrors, the things that people thought would never happen here, that I actually, I feel weird because I, I always thought it could happen here. Uh, maybe that's the difference between um, someone who's born here and someone who comes here as an immigrant that I mentioned this in the first, uh, first half hour that my thought was, this is the, this is the next country to go. You know, I look at Germany, I look at uh, Japan, you know, countries that would never did these things to their people that like England and Spain and France did with their monarchs were horrible. Well, Germans probably, they're more like warlike states. I guess it was different. I guess Japan had a warlord philosophy. I might have to rethink my statement. But the point being, modern history, it, it's, uh, you would never think that these countries would be that oppressive of their own people and kill millions of their own people simply for disagreeing uh, with a totalitarian government. And you look at the things they did, uh, the forced confessions, you know, the trials, the, the fake trials, all the same stuff's happening here. The difference is we've got media and social media. So they have even more tools at their disposal. You know, propaganda is much easier to do when you, you know, the problem with the information age is that it became the, the disinformation uh, control of information age. We never saw right. it coming. Yeah. Not with the computers anyway. Well, I saw it coming the with the dictatorship. Puts, puts, yeah. Well, the government is, is, puts their trust in controlling the media. Mm. But once those bricks start falling away out of the wall. Uh, when media starts turning on the government, then you know you'll they'll be very surprised. <laughs> what would cause that to happen? I mean, they used to be against the government. I still remember I, was, I got here when Watergate was happening, and I remember the the Washington Post actually writing good articles. You know, Woodward and Bernstein, uh, probably the last great reporting team. Yeah, well, I think Walter Cronkite was the last real reporter. Okay. You know, yeah, I'm not I, as familiar with him. I, I didn't watch him much, you know. But it's interesting. Yeah, he was he, he was an incredible liberal, but he still reported news. And he didn't put his his spin on it. He yeah. reported news, uh, and and that and, and it's true because and he was a liberal, but you would not know that on the screen yeah. because he reported both sides of the news. Hmm. And um, so it's like I said that I think that was the last real reporter I ever remember. Because hmm, once Dan Rather and 
uh, Tom Brokaw and all those people got in there, um, it, it was out the window. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a few folks that uh, some of the older reporters, Huntley Brinkley, my earliest memories, um, some of the yeah. chancellor is pretty good, uh, Eric Severide, commentator. And we're talking about old school journalists. Uh, in fact, I even listened yeah, to old tapes of Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. What's that? What's that? People who smoked on screen when they're doing the news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's hysterical. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Edward R. Murrow, you know, and in fact, uh, nobody knew. And I asked for, for several years. Remember, my, uh, for those, I'll reveal a little action radio secret here. That's Edward R. Murrow's picture on our, our special investigations page. Nobody knew it. Nobody, but right. the weird thing was, no, you know, and here's the special investigations page. And nobody's like, hey, who's that guy on the, on the cover picture, Greg? Nobody even asked me. That's, that's the incredible lack of curiosity. People have a deplorable lack of curiosity. They see a picture for years and don't ask who it is. Guys, right there, CBS well, microphone. Hello. <laughs> What's that? I didn't ask because I knew who it was, but I'm, you know, I'm older than most people on the show. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just turned sixty-four. Oh boy. Do 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 do. Anyway, did you have a report today? I'm just rambling. Don't mind me. Oh, that was good rambling, though. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, I always ask the Lord, you know, what what do you want me to talk about? Because you know, what, what's I'm I'm only here to talk what he, about what He wants to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and He He told me three times, warn the people, warn the people, warn the people. Mm-hmm. That's three times. He didn't just say warn the people. He that's that's three. When God speaks something in in threes, it's like like don't even question me on this. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, I, and, and I said, well, you know, I've been talking about this, you know, for like the last several weeks and, and, but it's because we are getting to the time now. It's, it's not, it's here. It's not going to happen. It's here and we're going mm-hmm. to be seeing it. And I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but the last two weeks in, in the heavenly realm, it has ramped up the battle in the heavenly realm has just been atrocious. And What's going on? Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. It's, it's not, it's not being revealed to me, first of all. So what's, what's happening? Well, it's when people need to understand that this world that we're looking at, that we live in, and 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 operate in every day, um, is temporary. This is not the real realm. <laughs> this, yeah. this is kind of like the matrix you know? yeah um, it's fun for a while the, yeah we're, we're all batteries you know disconnect yeah. your cords folks you're, yeah. you're you're just a battery that's an amazing yeah. film and actually it's, it's, uh, i'll talk about movies later but it's almost like they they prophesize it's almost like god's inspiring people to say things that are going to happen later because they all seem to happen the worst movies become you know uh this day's events and, and tomorrow's history it's weird you have no idea how true that is but anyway um <laughs> Uh, Do that on a it, show. That's, it, that's a show topic right there. So write that one down, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, because I'll forget. Yeah. But this um, opening in the spiritual realm, because mm-hmm. nothing happens here first unless it has happened in the heavenlies first, okay? It's, mm-hmm. it, it has to be fought. The battles are fought in, um, in the heavenlies, and then whatever that outcome is is what happens here. And there is, I mean, to, to a certain extent, there are things that God does not uh, show his, his cards about whatsoever because he doesn't want the enemy knowing what he's doing because he doesn't want the enemy fighting and guess what he's fixing to do. Um, <clears throat> that's why we never get the full picture, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and let me go ahead and dispel the myth right now that seems to be worldwide 
Um, and how it got to this point, I don't know, but okay. Um, yes, there is a battle between good and evil. Always has been, always will be until the final judgment day. Here's the thing, though, and this is the misconception. Well, let, let me just go ahead and call it like it is. The outright lie mm-hmm. is the powers that are fighting God and Satan are not equal. They are not equal powers. God has already won. This is just a mess in between that we're seeing. Hmm. But he's all Satan's already a defeated foe and he knows it. It's not like Satan's gonna get this memo one day and say, Oh, I lost. No. (laughs) He already No unconditional surrender, folks. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, because he's already been kicked out of heaven. He's already been sentenced for eternity. This is just the battle in between of him putting up a great big fight and trying to take as many people to hell as possible with him when he goes. Yeah. Because he knows that's what his future is. He knows it. So I thought he was already there. Not, uh, do, I, do I have that wrong? Yes, you have that wrong. That, that's another okay. lie everybody's been, been told. Okay. Satan is not Blame. in hell. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> Satan is not in hell. Hell is where his final destination. Yeah, and people, you know, you have all these little cartoons and even the Underwood Devil ham, you know, label has, <laughs> has you know, that, that Satan with, with a pitchfork in hell with hell, hell flames, like, like he likes it there. You know? <laughs> no. Exactly. He hates fire. He hates the brimstone. He hates all the sulfur. He hates all that stuff. He doesn't want to go there because he will be tortured yeah. for eternity more than anybody else has ever been tortured in their entire life or is going to be because of what they earned you know, in going to hell. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't like fire. He doesn't like any of that stuff, But he, and he knows that that is his eternal destination so <clears throat> he is heaven right now there's you know the the first heaven the second heaven the third heaven third heaven is where god is we are in the first um heaven and, and it's just talk, talking about atmospheres okay we're talking mm-hmm. about the heavens our our sky that we see where we fly planes where we see all this other kind of stuff is the first heaven the okay. second heaven would be space and you know all all of that and then the third heaven is where God is, which is we haven't even seen that. That's beyond space and time and, so, and all, anything we can measure. It's beyond all that, yes. Okay. So all right. When, he, when Satan got kicked out of heaven, it was to, to the, the lower atmosphere. That's why he called, he's called the prince of the air. Oh, so that's I understand that. Yeah. Um, that's why when we read in Daniel, <clears throat> when Daniel was saying, Look, it's been 400 years. You said that the, our, our, we would be in captivity for 400 years for the idol worship and all the things that we did against you. <clears throat> it's now been 400 years. So, <clears throat> where, excuse me, where is our deliverer? You know, yeah. where, where is our deliverance from captivity? And it said that when God heard those prayers, he sent an angel he was sending an angel, one of the archangels, the seraphim, to go give Daniel the answer that, yes, captivity was about to end. He was sending um, a way. He was going to make a way for his people to be freed. 
Um, but the messenger angel had to come through the second heaven to get to Daniel down here in the first heaven, in the, in the first oh. stratosphere, right. atmosphere. And okay. it says that for three weeks, for 21 days, he was stopped by the prince of Persia, which is a principality, uh, a demonic principality over a, an, an area. And he had to come through Persia, Iran, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to reach Daniel. And they were fighting in the heavenly. So when I tell you that there is battle in the spiritual realm, this is what it's talking about. This is a great example. For three weeks, you know, um, the angel was trying to get through. It was Gabriel. Uh-huh. And he finally, he couldn't get the answer to Daniel. And Daniel is praying three times a day, praying, 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 you know, saying, where is our deliverance? Where is our deliverance? And so Gabriel couldn't get through on his own because the battle was so fierce and so intense. He called Michael, the, the head archangel, and he came and said, fight these guys. I got to get this message through. So Michael took over the, the battle in the heavenlies. And Gabriel was able to get through and give the answer to Daniel saying, God heard your prayers three weeks ago, but we had battle in the heavenlies with the prince of Persia. I couldn't get here to, to give you the, the news from the Lord that, yes, you, you will be freed. So Interesting. There's, when, there's, when there's delay in the answers to your prayers, mm-hmm. know that there is serious battle going on to try to keep that answer from getting to you. It's a very real realm, folks, and you need to be aware of that. So no, makes sense. I just wanted you know, to uh, know that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it just makes perfect sense uh, the way things go, and, and that, you know things that you see and uh, that uh, you know that you get revealed, which is fascinating. Um, but uh, Persia, uh, I mean, they changed their name; they're, they're trying to hide who they are. But uh, you go back. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious uh, the the history, the ancient history of ancient Persia. You know, has always been a conquering evil people. You know, these are not friendly folks. And, and the folks that got out of uh, Persia, you know, even up to the Shah and the Ayatollah and everybody else that came here, really glad to be here. <laughs> you know, uh, why was America, uh, you know, of all the countries out there, you know, we've had uh, China's had communism and warlords and dynasties and Japan and Korea and all these old countries. Uh, England has had kings going back. We've all seen Braveheart. You know, the, the oppression has been around this world for a long time. How did the United States get chosen as the place of freedom? Well, because Israel and America are the only two countries that um, have their basis in God. Number one, Israel was created by God, and God chose Israel. And they are his prized possession, and I don't care who you are, how big you are, how badass you think you are. When you go up against Israel, you're going to get beat because God defends Israel. Hmm. The second thing is, okay, God chose Israel. America chose God. We were the only country who said we want the freedom to worship God as we want and not be told by the government how we were to worship, where we were to worship, and what we are allowed to believe and what we're not. But this, so uh, most of our stuff is an English tradition. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, but it's a, it's a, a lot of this goes back to England. 
And so why was not England chosen? England had Cromwell. England had Magna Carta. England had, I think, John Locke in the free markets. You know, Adam Smith. Uh, there's a lot of British, you know, what we call old white European, you know, dead white men that <laughs> did this. Um, so a lot of uh, the philosophy here, and most of our founders were British. It was and also so, England who said, you know, you will only worship the way we tell you to worship and when we yeah. tell you to worship. Yeah. So why? So, no, in- England is, is, is not the, the, you know, little Mary had a little lamb over here. England was part of the oppression of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but the, the whole thing. And the by idea, the way, the, idea the, the kings ahead of the church, God too. God did not and, want yeah. kings. He never wanted people to have kings. Oh. He said, I am your king. I am your benevolent ruler. I have your best in mind. And just like back in the Bible, when Israel said, everybody else has a king, all the other nations have a king, we want a king. And God said, you don't want a king. Yeah. I am a good ruler. I take care of you. And I provide for you. And I want the best for you. We want a king. And he told the prophets to tell them, if you insist on having a king, I will give you a king, but this is what's going to happen. He will start out nice, and then he will turn on you, and he will tax you to death, Mm -hmm. and you will be oppressed, and you will not have your freedoms anymore, and he he will uh, demand that you worship him as a god. Yeah. We don't care. We want a king. But when you already have God, so, why do you need a king? So, so where's, where's the disconnect there? That, that's kind of a big thank question. You. Because they wanted somebody they could see. Oh. And, and what, no faith? this is the problem. He, he said jokingly. No faith. Yeah. No faith. Yeah. So they, they um, it's what Scripture calls having a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Uh, they're oh, all, all about God. You, you, you have all these laws. You keep all the laws. You, you live by the Torah and the Talmud and, and the Pentateuch and all this kind of stuff and the Septuagint. And, and you keep all these 613 laws that the Pharisees made up. Um, yeah, and, and that's fine because that, that means it depended on them. That's something they could still see and, and measure. Mm-hmm. Came to actual faith in God. <laughs> Um, And to live, like he says, um, by faith, like Abraham did, Mm -hmm. um, like several of our forefathers did, um, then, no, they they absolutely denied that. They wanted a king they could see. They wanted the pomp and circumstance, and like uh, we want to be like everybody else. Well, okay, you got it. And then they found out, took them in a hurry, uh uh-oh. Yeah. Well, you give somebody power, they they use it. You know, it reminds me of George Washington, who's famous for for not being king. They offered him the kingship of America. You know, saying, so "Why don't we fight a revolution to to be free?" If you did that, so you know, you, right. imagine imagine George Washington's who you're talking about. Um, it's always interesting. Uh, I was going over the bill that I wrote, uh, the Defense Equity Bill. You know, a way to get around all these things and give people the same power the government has by giving them the same money government has to fight them. It doesn't catch on. People don't, they don't, either they don't see it, don't believe it. It, it. It's too simple for them. But for whatever reason, 
God puts the ideas in my head, and I I, uh, I throw them on writeyourlaws.com. And but the, you know I understand that it's, it's like when you say the message and, and you get frustrated with people. So look, it's right here. Why can't why can't you see what I see? You know, and I, I have the same feeling. Why can't people see what I see? This is so simple. This actually works, and it's proven to work. And yet they still say they don't share, they don't participate. It's almost like they don't want the freedom. They'd rather be in bondage. It, well, it's that they yeah. don't believe it can really happen. They do okay. not believe they have the power to make it happen. And mm. that's the problem. Right. Um, they, they, they don't have the grit of Israel. You know, where they we do. Where, where, where do we get it? You know, just average folks like us, like you and me and Bonnie, who's on the line now, and all those folks here. You know, we're we're not famous, we're not degreed and lettered. We don't we didn't go to Harvard or Yale. You know, we just but we're just regular folks. But we we stand, I think, taller than all those those aristocratic, pompous public figures, supposed you know natural leaders and everything else like that. And we're just regular folks. But that's really how it's supposed to work, though, isn't it? Uh, well, have do you read any scripture anywhere where Paul says? Here, here's my certified, you know, uh, license where I can preach to you. Yeah, exactly. Signed by who? Mm. Yeah. Who authorized that? Yeah, it's almost like you need permission he, he to do. Jesus, you know, yeah. and, and yeah, God exactly. and the Holy Spirit. I mean, who's going to sign that above them? Okay. Mm. So yeah. no, it, when God says, you know, I'm calling you to do this, that means He is certifying you Himself. He doesn't yeah. want man's stamp on you. He doesn't need it. And guess what? Yeah, I, I have my ordination, but I was preaching long before I had my ordination. Yeah, you know, it's and funny. You sound exactly the same as before. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't change. You know, if I get an no, honorary law no. degree from uh, Princeton, do you think my bills are going to change one iota? No. Still going to be nope. me. Nope. Let's be writing exactly what I'm writing. Nope. Let's, get, let's, let's get Bonnie on this. She's been listening for a few minutes now. Bonnie, what do you think of all this? Oh, well, I'm I'm in agreement, and I also add to something that Wendy has said in the past, and that is the fact that God can use absolutely anyone, and that that goes into what she's saying about God does God has His stamp of approval on who He wants in that position, so it yeah. doesn't really matter what man wants. Ultimately, the goal will be achieved. And back when people were crying out for a king, it absolutely was because they wanted something tangible. That lack of faith in you know wanting something that everybody else in the world had little carved idols. They had little altars and temples that they would go to and offer food sacrifices. They had something visibly in front of them, and they had forgotten the years of miracles that led up to that, where there was a pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, the manna from heaven. All of the miracles that occurred for them throughout the generations, the stories get smushed down and become less relevant, and that is just repeating what we do now. When you erase history, you literally diminish the faith that people can have in the government or in God because you're literally removing any sign of faith. And you're basically saying, well, we have to, we have to live by sight and not by faith. The exact opposite of what we are commanded to do in Scripture. You go, girl. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was, I, that, that, that was wonderful. I, got you, I get your theme all queued up, but let me, uh, let, me, let me scroll down here for a second. Where is it? Where is it? Ah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a microphone and I got buttons. I'm not afraid to use them. Um, just on right. the last point, yeah, exactly. So, for, so for Wendy, um, and and you already know this. You know what I'm about to say, uh, Bonnie. I'm sure too. It's not that I think Action Radio is going to work. It's that I know Action Radio is going to work. I mean, I know. 
There's no doubt. About, there's not a shred. Of, it doesn't. It never it even enters my head for a second to doubt anything that we're doing here. I know it's going to work. And it fascinates me when people. And this happened yesterday too. Someone says, "Well, do you have, do you have any bills passed yet?" In other words, have you got something tangible I can see? And, and that doesn't enter my head either. What we do here is it, I don't need to show uh, a bill passed to know that this is going to work. I'm like, you know, I explain how we go to the people first and the media and the government. That's, all, that's like the, the terrestrial explanation. But the true explanation is I have faith. I know this is going to work. Yeah. You know, God's got our back. Yeah. I know it. With every fiber of my yeah. being, I know it. That's how I can do this easily. I don't and care yeah. what happens. They, they hack my websites. You know, they, they, they censor me. They do all this kind of stuff to try and shut me up. It doesn't have any effect. Hear that FBI KGB? Why don't you call the show, you bunch of cowards? Well, <laughs> Sorry, This would be a perfect time to remind people about January 7th oh, and the Action Radio um, Citizen Legislation Day mm-hmm. because it's going to be held in Milton, Florida at the Imogene Theater. And I'm, I'm telling you all, if you want to see how this works, this is going to be a practical, um, hands-on, this is how you do it day. You mm-hmm. can be your own legislator. You can write your laws and d- d- actually have them submitted for consideration. So if this is not um, a fly-by-night thing. This is not a, oh, isn't that nice? Greg's got something else to do on a Sunday. No, <laughs> this is Thank you. for everybody to go and see how this is done. Because if you mm-hmm. just listen to it on the radio and you just listen to action radio um, shows, it's, it's still a concept to you. But if you actually come on that day, and, and it's going to be from 10 to 6, so it's, it's not like you, you have to miss church to go there. You can come mm-hmm. after church. Um, you can go and actually see how this is done. And you're going to go, oh, that's all I have to do. Well, you can do, do it. We're going to have a, we're going to have a bill writing table. It. I mean, we're going to have one of our, our yeah. designated reporters um, to actually be at the bill writing table where we're going to show people exactly how to do it. We're going to walk through a bill, you know, and uh, yeah. I'll probably just grab someone. I, I just thought of it now, but this is a good, that's actually an interesting idea. I'll just get someone who's there at that time and say, who wants to write a bill? Come on up here. Come out to the, the, the stage. Let's do it. You know, I'll have my computer. What would you like <laughs> to see? And then write the yeah. bill right there. Yeah. Well, you want, well, I've tried to do that. It's interesting. I've tried to do that with uh, Tucker Carlson when we had Tucker Carlson's biographer on. And um, he didn't help us. You know, I've had other people. I said, why don't you come on the show? Or I've asked, you know, major media people that I've had contact with. I said, bring me on your show. Let's write a bill. Oh, I'd love to do that. But then they don't do it. So they don't have the faith either. But do you know why? Because no. they are so ingrained and entrenched that, no, that's not how it works. This is how it works. This is what you have to do because that's how it's always been done. They don't really believe it can be changed, but it yeah. can. Yeah, it can. Yeah. What was the world before the light bulb? Darker. <laughs> you know, what was the world before yeah. the airplane? A lot further away. You know, what was the world before the computer? Mm-hmm. Well, the Duo Dewey Decimal Library System where it took you six hours to look up something. It takes you six seconds to look up now. Technology is yeah. good. Change is good. It's just how you use it that can be bad. But, yeah. you know, we get these things, you know, here's something to, to consider also. I've been thinking about this for a while. It's actually confirmed by the former head of Greenpeace. And it's on our environmental uh, action radio, environmental uh, action project, that without the Industrial Revolution, you know, we might not have enough carbon dioxide to support the plants, which would have taken us out. You talk to the climate scientists like Gregory Wrightstone, the climate geologist. You want to talk about intelligent design. People don't think about this, but we do, that carbon dioxide you know, carbon drives the life on Earth. You know, we are carbon-based life forms. We eat carbohydrates. Oil and, and coal and, and natural gas are hydrocarbon, which when added to oxygen, you know, co- you know create energy. So the same, th- the same three elements, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen that power us, power the plants, 
power the machines, power the cars. It's all the same stuff. Okay. Hello, folks. Think about this. Organic material being burned puts carbon dioxide back in the air. So the intelligent design was that God, at the point of lowest carbon dioxide in the air, you know, put it into enough people's heads. Why don't we just let's dig down the ground and let's, let's burn this stuff and see what happens. We start releasing carbon dioxide. Well, that literally saved Earth. So God works in interesting ways. He doesn't, it's not so obvious. It's little subtle things like that. All it took was a new invention. And we think we did it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah. I mean, at the time... <laughs> You know, at the time of lowest carbon dioxide, when we were heading for the 150 part per million, which is death, 150 part per million of carbon dioxide plants died. We were like 180. We were that close. And then all of a sudden we started having steam engines. Casey Jones. Woo woo. You know, thank you. So now I'm going to go buy the biggest V8 I can and drive around so, so I can save the planet. You know, burn CO2. Put, you know, restore carbon. Restore carbon now. You see my Firebird picture, right? I want a Firebird. You know. Maybe we got a Trans Am. Maybe like a Smoky Bandit with a big sticker on top of it. You know, drive fast, save the planet. There's a bumper sticker. We... There you go. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Wendy, I'm sure you have to go. So let's get your let's get your contact stuff, and we'll uh, uh, get Bonnie's uh, get, get Bonnie's report going. Yeah, and and by the way, check your email for for the um, citizen oh. legislation day. Well, I have been doing a show for um, the last hour and nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Wendy. Thank. You. Let me okay. thank you in advance. Um, thank so you, Wendy. Okay. If anybody would like to get in touch with me, um, you can get in touch with me on Facebook at Wendy Arthur or Art by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. And as always, bow now, avoid the rush. Yeah, you need a round of applause too. <laughs> See, we're very supportive around here. <laughs> okay, thanks, Wendy. Let's get to uh, <laughs> let's get to Bonnie. Hello, hello. Who is that woman behind the microphone? What stories does she have for us? Secluded in a small radio studio in a secure location, Bonnie Nesbitt presents the news of the week and then presents not the news of the week. So join us now for The B Word with Bonnie Nesbitt. Ooh, it's mysterious already. Give me intrigue. Give me, give me uh, drama. Give me conflict. You know, I, I, do you have enough suggestions for the week? I think I like. I, it's like you and Jessica Rivera. I bombard both of you with stories because you're the two closest things mm-hmm. we have to uh, to broadcast journalists, news reporters, and so because you're both in media. I mean, real media. You know, and, well, we're real media too, but it's different. We're kind of like our own little fun world here, uh, even though we're going to have millions of listeners included in our little fun world sometime. But uh, yeah, what you've been thinking about? Pilots and mushrooms, uh, the the speaker race, uh, yeah. uh, forced confessions <laughs> like POW. W camps. I mean, what's on your mind? Another life. Oh topic. my goodness. Well, I, I mean, I've gone a, a million different directions, and I've got mm-hmm. some really interesting things to talk about. But honestly, I You're read the, right the whole article about the. <laughs> yes, I know. I read the article about the pilot on mushrooms, and um, as I read through that, the interesting things that developed along the way. And, and he literally was basically begging to be arrested. I, I almost mm-hmm. feel like, to a certain extent, that he was mm. looking for an excuse. Just give me any excuse. I'm really tired of flying planes. So can I just like trip out, man? Can you just give me something to mellow for the next do you couple know of you days? Want to fly airplanes? I'll just go ahead and... I spent 40 years of my life trying to fly airplanes for the airlines. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, how many blocks to roll on the way. And eventually, you know, it got to the point where I, I really didn't want to just do a short career of 10 years. I mean, I want to fly. If I'm going to fly airplanes, I'm going to fly mm-hmm. airplanes. Now I'm going to fly airplanes on my own. Screw them. I'm going to fly jets upside down mm-hmm. over Pensacola Beach. Mm-hmm. Watch me go by. 
you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, right. so it, it's like it's like fighter pilots. Well, I didn't, you know, it looked like more interesting than driving a tank, man, so I took an F-16. You idiot. Don't you realize how many people would, would uh, you know, give body parts and major organs to be able to do that? And, and they're like, they, they're not grateful. Not the slightest bit. This guy got to fly no. airliners. Give me a break. Anyway. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I have no flying. idea what was going uh-huh. It was, I'm sorry, what? Well, he was in the jump seat. He wasn't even flying. That's, that's the weird part. He was just riding. He wasn't even a pilot. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it was literal. It was a literal cry for help. That's all I could see from the start of the article to the end of the article and how everything I didn't get unfolded. That. I saw it as nothing. Huh. No, I get it as a cry for help. This this dude huh. was seriously looking for somebody to stop him from doing something else. And he, I mean, I may be trying to give him a little bit more credit than where credit is due, but I literally am reading through all of the actions he took and I'm saying, I feel like he was ready to do something a lot worse and he was looking for an excuse to get him out before that happened. Not necessarily something along the lines of suicidal, but I just feel like he was at the end of his rope for whatever reason, and he's looking for something to get him out well, of it before quit? something worse happens. Why well, just quit? You know, go, go say, look, I, I need to retire from the airlines. Uh, I don't feel like I can do this anymore. They would have accepted that. But why do you have to try and turn off the engine? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, that, I, mean uh, I, I honestly... <laughs> I don't know why he decided to do that because from what I from what I'm seeing it's like it wasn't even just one it's not a simple maneuver to just push a button and say okay engine off like he literally had to pull both levers both red levers down to release wasn't that the emergency fuel um, light or something like that that he basically triggered into effect to empty you gotta cut the you gotta cut the fuel and you gotta cut yeah you gotta cut the fuel and the right. throttles so got, I'm not a jet pilot so I don't exactly. know exactly but uh, you have to cut the fuel yeah. off and you cut the uh, the throttles so you, you power down mm-hmm. cut off the fuel and the jets will stop without fuel. Without fuel burning, you know, mm-hmm. the jets work back to front. So the back of the jet engine is where they, mm-hmm. they put fuel in. But you've got to start the air moving. So those compressor blades in the front are designed to bring the air in. Mm-hmm. And in the back in the turbine mm-hmm. where they compress the air and ignite it with fuel drives the turbine blades. And it's the turbine blades that drive the compressor blades in the front. So jet engines work backwards. It's the back of the engine that drives the right. front of the engine, not the other way around. And so it's the ignition of, uh, of uh, fuel-air mixture in the back that spins those turbines. That's why they get mm-hmm. so hot and blast out the back end. Um, that sure. uh, draws so much more in, air in the front. It's equal and opposite reaction. You, you pull, pull air out, air's going to come in. And so that's how right. it works. But, uh, but you don't just you know, shut them off. But those jets are amazing. They're freewheeling. They're incredibly reliable. So shut one off in flight and make it glider. Now, here's, I, I have an idea for a special investigation. And that would be tracing, okay. tracing the times when airline pilots have flown into the ground. There was a, um, this European airliner that went straight into the ground. The pilot was a Muslim terrorist grab the controls before 9-11. So this, this is years ago. Uh, there's like two or three incidents where pilots have actually grabbed the controls, you know, away from the pilot, incapacitated them somehow, and flown the plane into the ground. So it's a suicide by airplane. And they take the, the passengers with them. It's only about two or three mm-hmm. times. But it would be interesting. Right. Uh, so this guy, he turned off the engines. Now, what he's saying is, you know, I'm going to create an emergency, so you have to deal with me. But uh, that wouldn't have mm-hmm. killed everybody on board because you, you can't, given enough height, you can restart the engines. Since the, since the air is already flowing through them, you get the nose down, you keep the air flowing through the engines, you, you reintroduce the fuel, you hit the igniters, and if it catches uh, and starts burning again, the, the jet engines come back to life. There was a famous case of a 747 that went through volcanic ash. They, they didn't get the memo for some reason, or it just happened. And they mm-hmm. flew through the ash, and all four mm-hmm. engines quit on a 747. Well, they're like mm-hmm. 35,000 feet. 
right? Normal 747 altitude. And it was a British pilot in the British Airways, and he's going down, down, down. He's trying to restart, trying to restart. He's like, well, boys, here we go. You know, prepare to ditch. <laughs> you know, and at about 300 feet, the engines came back on. You know, so, so mm-hmm. God was with that flight. Um, but that was, that was just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't their time, as they say. Um, the engines came back, but they restarted them in flight because they were covered in volcanic ash. That wasn't their fault, obviously, because um, yeah. that, uh, that stuff spreads far and wide. You can't always, can't always see things in the air. That's, that's why flying is so much fun. Um, but, uh, right. but, yeah, but this one, so, but, but you may know about the psychology of this than I do, because I would never have thought that this was a cry for help. Um, I thought this was a, a, this was a drug abuse thing. The, the mushrooms have induced, you know, some kind of psychosis mm-hmm. for somebody to do this. What do you know about mushrooms? And you don't have to relate personal uh, stories. I'm just, you know, overall generally curious. I'm kidding. I, 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 well, I don't know a ton because I've, I'm not somebody who has experimented with them. But that being said, I know that different varieties are going to do different things. He, mm-hmm. the, the whole gist of the article is that it had been 48 hours since he had them. Now, I don't know how long they stay in your system, but I would mm-hmm. imagine that after 48 hours, you're not going to be tripping nearly as much as when you first took them. That's why when I read all of his comments that he made, like he's literally saying, I put 84 lives in danger. He was owning up to it. He didn't fight the arrest in any way, shape, or form. He was, hmm. I, I saw the whole thing unfold in front of my eyes as somebody literally voluntarily placing their hands out and saying, please cuff me. Please hmm. get me out of this situation. I, and, and that's just, honest to goodness, how I took it as I read it from start to finish. Why he did the maneuver that he did, why the tactics that he used, maybe he intentionally did not want to harm anyone. He was just looking for that cry for help. Get me out of here. I need help. <laughs> that's just how I read it. So be that as it may, I don't honestly think the mushrooms had that much to do with it. That's my that's personal take. Okay. See, I didn't read the article that carefully. I was getting ready for a show. Uh, I just found it this morning, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you might have more of a chance. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, that's a very interesting take. That's not one of what I would have expected at all, you know, especially being a flight instructor, you know? So, I mean, we, we mm-hmm. check people out. Mm-hmm. I, if someone, I had a person who was suicidal and I reported him to the FAA. Yeah. I said, do not let this person fly. Do not let, tell all the flight schools about this. Uh, and I told you the story mm-hmm. of, of the, uh, the, the chief instructor of that, of that particular flying club at the time, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> to protect the guilty. But uh, he said, hey, Greg, why don't you go fly with this guy? Uh, give him a little stage check. And he never offered me to do that, you know, because instructors, we always test our students with right. other instructors just to make sure we don't, you know, screw up and miss something. Um, but uh, yeah. but uh, he sent me up with a, with a known suicidal pilot. You want to talk about, about he could he have gotten me killed. You know, he was probably, you know, he mm-hmm. was in danger himself. First of all, I'm a big guy and I got good elbows, so I was I wasn't really in that much danger. But the point was, you know, someone had so much contempt for me that they sent me up with someone they knew was dangerous. So that kind of stuff's mm-hmm. out there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, anyway, of course. But, uh, of course. but we check people. I mean, pilot airlines go through they go through psychological evaluations. They're flight tested every six mm-hmm. months on a simulator where they're thrown emergencies. You know, they do. I mean, it's pretty rigorous. They get they get health checks, and then of course COVID. So here's a question for you. What happens with, okay. with the COVID jab, with the DNA rearrangement and mushrooms? Has that been Ah, up? there you go. There mm. you go. Now, there's okay. a, a good question to see. What about the interaction of that? Mm-hmm. Next week. Because we know write, that. Write it down for next week. COVID, yeah, yeah. 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 I've got it. I've got it. COVID interactions will be investigated. <laughs> with other drugs. Right. And right. especially drugs exactly. susceptible to DNA modification. Mm-hmm. You know, do they make them more? Do they make these people more susceptible to drugs if their their DNA has been modified by COVID shots? And and I would say that would be a very much um, what we want to know is on a psycho a psychosis level. 
like not so much well, yeah. physical, but on a psychological level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then look at it says Absolutely. I don't know if COVID shots uh, are in the physician's desk reference, but I'm sure mushrooms are. <laughs> you know, you know, if it, if it says not recommended, you know, contraindicated with COVID shots, that'd be very interesting. <laughs> There's a medical term I learned: contraindicated instead of don't do it. Contraindicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctors don't speak English; they speak uh, they speak doctor. So a doctor word mm-hmm. is is contraindicated, which means no. <laughs> okay, it's right. like the legal term, right. you know, stare decisis, which yes. means precedent, which means you know, yes. copying out and doing what's done before. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> last week's report, this yes. week's report. Where we would uh, enough of this. <laughs> I've had enough mushroom talk. I'm shroomed out, man. Like I'm shroomed out, man. <laughs> You know, I think I want to go like surfing or have pizza. I don't like being in California. You know, where they grow the stuff. It's like really, it's, it's totally awesome, man, <laughs> woman, man, man. Sorry. <laughs> well, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know too what exact strain of mushroom he took because of like mm. I was saying, I know that there are many different strains and they have many different effects. Which one did he ingest? I hear psilocybin. I mean, that comes to mind. I think that's one of the, the psychedelic mm-hmm. mushrooms. You know, if you want to see your walls mm-hmm. turn uh, to look like a tie-dye shirt, you know, that's, I think that's the one. Right. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So what else is right. on your mind? Okay. So uh, the next thing that I kind of came across that I found incredibly interesting is here we are two years later mm-hmm. and talking a little bit back on the whole, the, the core and the crux of the popularity of the BLM movement was, of course, sparked by George Floyd's death. And oh. as more and more information comes out about Derek Chauvin and the process of the trial, something interesting that I came across just today was the fact of investigating the jurors' deliberation. So when they declared that Derek Chauvin was guilty, the question is, what was he guilty of? Because if you go back and you look at what the medical examiner actually said about George Floyd, he made mm-hmm. it clear that he did not believe that he sustained injuries from having the knee to the neck cutting off. No, that's actually supply. proven. That, he made it's it, more than he not believed. Yeah, he it, could it, not find any mm-hmm. injuries to his neck or breathing passage right. or, or lungs or anything like that. Right. There was no physical damage from, from exactly. Derek Chauvin on George Floyd. George Floyd died mm-hmm. of a hair of a, not right. heroin, of a fentanyl overdose. Fentanyl. Mm-hmm. fentanyl. He had an enlarged heart and mm-hmm. he had already shown signs. If you go back and watch of, of saying he could not breathe long before he was ever knelt upon. He asked himself to be removed from the car and put on the ground. These were all things that happened in the course of that, that people kind of tended to overlook because mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, this poor man, he's being arrested. And all the Karens in the world were like, Oh, how dare he be so mistreated. If you look at what the jurors had to say about how they came to the verdict of guilty, There's one in particular that I saw an interview on that said, at one point, there were many people saying that they were leaning towards the not guilty verdict for Derek Chauvin until Hmm. this one woman named Jody stands up and says, well, what about what he didn't do? What about the fact that it was obvious that there was something medically wrong with George Floyd? In other words, what we're saying here is he was ODing. And what Mm -hmm. about the fact that Derek Chauvin and the EMT and the fireman standing by did not perform CPR. They, they literally stood back and didn't do anything. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we make it that, like, it's not about what he did. It's not about what Derek Chauvin did to George Floyd. It's about what he didn't do. And they are calling this a light bulb moment into where the whole core of the, the jurors that were, that were split at the time came together in unification to say, well, you're right. Oh my goodness! Yes, we need to make it about that. It's not about what he did; it's about what he didn't do. But that's not—that's not, that's You're not a legal. Of not. 
impeding. Yeah, you can't be guilty of what you didn't do. I mean, that that's insane. That, and he, and he, so, so the question is, was the defense attorney paid off to not you know, do anything about that. And, and was this witness a government witness? Is this somebody that has long association with uh, BLM or, or some, some movement? Uh, are they, you know, I would like to know who said that and who was that witness? Do you know anything about the witness themselves? And where'd this come from? People don't usually volunteer stuff like that. This is the this, juror. This is not a witness. Oh, the juror said that. This okay, is so we need, this, we, we, need, yes. we need to know the show. This we need an, to know the juror. Yeah. Now, are the names out or are they, are they all secret? Uh, no, the names are, are out there as far as her name is Jody. That's as far as I know. I don't know her last name, but there's an interview with about nine of the jurors that I came across, and I can go back to it and see if I can get a last name and find out more yeah. about her. But she, she literally stood up and said, but what about what he didn't do? What if we make it about that? And, and it's, I mean, it literally reveals the motive of the jurors going into it. They were going to find Derek guilty from day one. Whoa. They just had to find out how. And that literally flies in the face of how juries are supposed to work. Yeah, but where was the one person, where, where was like the you or me on that jury that said, you people are full of it. This is insane. You don't convict people for what they didn't do. You don't, you don't come to a conclusion and then find a way to get there. You know, you use the evidence. Was the law broken? And if not, you well, know, I then, mean, the defense, attorney, the judge should have thrown out that verdict. So you could not, you know, you could not reasonably come to that. I'm going to declare a mistrial. We're going to start this again. There's, you know, but the, pro- the problem was the pretrial publicity. The problem was, it's just like the Supreme Court when, when uh, uh, Oral Roberts there, uh, uh, Chief Judge Roberts, and I say judge because that's what the Constitution says, you know, said, well, we, you know, admitted that they don't want to take on certain cases because they don't want the repercussions. They don't want the protesters. Said, well, that's not justice. That's not your job. No. You, know, you can't do it for, for no. what public opinion says. You're supposed to be separate and independent. Apparently not. You know, so this case was right. already over before it began. So it should have been held. That's exactly in, what I'm saying. You no, know, I agree. Now, was, it, was this uh, filmed? Was it all video? Because that would be even more pressure. Yes. Or was, okay. Yes. So the whole thing's filmed. All right. So there's pressure. The jurors, their fa- were their faces mm-hmm. on, this, uh, on the video or were they hidden? Yes. 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 The their jur- faces the on the video. Were they, were not, they were not pixelated. They were not pixelated. Their voices were not morphed. It, it is crystal clear video. And I will go back and I will find the network it was aired on. I will see if I can find the entire um, That's criminal link right to there. it because I yeah. – right. Well, I mean, not, not, this not, is after not the technically, fact. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, though, that was that – was, well, we just – you know what's interesting? Go back to Friday. Uh, if you listen to uh, John DeMonico, who owns the Women's Firearm Academy, he's a, he, uh, he's a former cop, and he talks about stuff like this all the time. Uh, he talked about that. You know, and as a cop, you know, he did everything that he was supposed to do. He actually helped, you know, saved him because he could have uh, killed himself or done other things. I mean, he was restraining him from hurting himself and the other people there. You know, but if you look at the optics, I even said, I said, geez, if I was there, I might have, you know, pulled the cop off. So what are you doing? But the fact that he was already handcuffed, you know, and he was just being just being held is a whole different thing. Um, So sometimes, you know, you can't as much as you want to jump into a situation if you only get uh, part of it. If you only get the, the Rodney mm-hmm. King, you know, beef scene where he's hit with the with the, the the sticks, the batons they carry, and you don't see what led up to it, you know, it's 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 only part of the story. Very interesting, yeah. You know, right. You know. But that's but that's right. not justice. Well, and, and I mean, it, it goes the appeal? Too with that whole. Yeah, but where's well, the appeal? It goes with the empathy. Like she's literally seeking out and trying to make people side with her in the fact that she's right. saying, "Well, what about what he didn't do?" And, and nah. that literally turned every other person that was hanging on the not guilty side to, you're absolutely right. There was no common nah. sense. It was nah. like, oh, yeah, there it is. There's the nail in the coffin. We can charge him with the fact that he did not intervene and do CPR. He didn't flip him onto his back and start pumping his chest when he should have, according to what we feel. Therefore, we can charge him with this 
murderous attempt and put him in. This innocent man is rotting in jail. And, and I have, I've studied different things. I've watched different things about him. And it's atrocious to me to what they have done to publicly humiliate him and destroy his life to make him be a martyr for their cause. Basically promoting BLM on the back of Derek Chauvin and saying, it's people like you that are the scum of the earth. And it's why we need to rally together and show that we're, that we're superior. And, and that, you know, how dare you try and keep the black man down? We're going to rally together and we're going to expose every single one of you. Instead of owning up to the responsibility, which we've talked about so many times before, about the mm-hmm. lack of a father in the household to raise strong young black men who used to be the strongest family nuclear unit in our country back in the 50s. And it has yeah. disintegrated. Well, that was intentional. That, that was that was Johnson, who was mm-hmm. a, one of the ultimate racists, like uh, like Woodrow Wilson. You, you, you'll find that the vast majority of, of people in power who are racist are invariably Democrats. Well, on that note, um, oh, yeah. you know, and of course, Derek Chauvin's a white guy. You know, this would not have happened yes. if uh, the person restraining him was a black woman, especially a gay black woman. Correct. You know, it would have been called an unfortunate incident. It would have been on right. the news for a day, but right. because Derek Chauvin's a white guy. Well, let's really, let's really piss off everybody. Have you ever heard my, my, my January white sales sarcastic piece? I have to make more of these. I have. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again. You want to do it? Let's do it again. Sure. Here it is, America. The answer to riots, brutality, and all our racial problems. The return of the January white sale. Are you a guilt-ridden white person? Are you a person of no color? Do you want to finally assuage that guilt for slavery, the Civil War, the KKK, and black people sitting at the back of the bus? Well, here is your long-awaited answer. The Black Lives Matter Department of Reparations has come up with the perfect solution, the return of the January white sale. Now, in years past, this was a big deal. After Christmas, sheets, towels, pillowcases, and other white linens were sold with their biggest discount of the year. In today's new normal world, however, things are going to be very different because Black Lives Matter is changing the original white sale and now they are actually going to be auctioning off and selling white people. You, white, guilt-ridden, ashamed of your whiteness, complete cowards, bowing your heads, kneeling, raising your hands like at a revival meeting. You, you with your eyes cast down, you whimpering liberals hoping to buy your way out of a debt of guilt that can never be fully repaid because no leftist of color wants you to. You, you will have the chance to experience what no black person experiences in the United States today. Slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. Isn't this great? You will be on the cutting edge of social justice and you will save the taxpayers some $14 trillion of reparations national debt. Black Lives Matter has gone to a lot of trouble to erase our history and remake society so guilty white people can finally feel free of their white supremacy. George Soros and Bill Gates have already created the Venture Capital Fund to establish Race Bait Consulting, Incorporated, which will be handling the actual white person sale in January. So, who is available for purchase? Oh, and part of the deal is that white people can't be bought by other white people. That would defeat the whole theme of the event. Anyway, to the question. Your basic rifle on the pickup truck, racist, sexist, Islamophobe, Neanderthal, redneck male, is probably not going to sit around and be put in an auction even if they will be well cared for by their new owners. What we will have available are liberal, surrendering, grilly man metrosexuals and emotionally distraught and disillusioned feminists, both of whom have already knelt before a designated agent of Black Lives Matter to confess their white privilege. So how do you guilt-ridden white people sign up for the January white sale? It's easy. 
Contact your local chapter of Black Lives Matter, show up at a rally with a flag saying, Take Me for the January White Sale, or simply sign up at the next mass kneeling confession of white privilege coming to a neighborhood near you. The new January White Sale is made possible by a grant from Racebait Industries, Incorporated, and put on by the new normal, new improved Black Lives Matter. You know, there's so much in there. I don't know. I, I was inspired during the, the COVID lockdowns to make about 10 of these things. Uh, there's a lot in there. <laughs> I, I make fun of everybody. Oh, and then there was oh, yeah. an extra I forgot to take out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, back to you. What do you think? No, I mean, it's it's definitely so true. And, and any strong white male would never bow. And that's why they're not bowing. And that's exactly the target of BLM to take down. Any mm-hmm. normal functioning male, straight, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Christian. Um, remark- you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that is basically the target days. of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and along the lines of an, an, an Islamophobe in that, that brings me into my next topic because, you know, I, as a conservative Christian woman, white woman, uh, grew up my entire life in the Baptist church. That was my upbringing. And mm. when I got to be a teenager, I got out of that Baptist church because I, I questioned different choices that they made. And I saw religion become a man-made construct, and I did not like that. I, I, I understood the heart, but it was being enforced in a way that I did not agree with. And so to this day, I have not gone back to that particular denomination, and I would declare myself as non-denominational in all honesty. But that being said, I've always had a basic fear based on everything that happened since 9-11 of Muslims. And I've never understood why they believe what they believe, why they are so firmly, um, I guess I would, I would use the word stubborn, set in their ways in thinking that they are right and everyone is wrong. And, and, and I've struggled to understand where they have um, come from over the years. So I had an opportunity to basically talk to someone who is a Muslim for the very first time in my life. And I had some serious questions I wanted to discuss and get that perspective on. So I wanted to kind of go over a couple of those points, and I would love for your input, because if you have any questions as we talk about this, I would love to go back and pose those questions and get additional information. Um, Yeah, I'd love to have this person on the air, but, uh, you know, because I like to ask people directly Mm -hmm. um, if that's possible. But if not, I understand. So we we do make exceptions rarely. This is one of those times. Right. But normally, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like people that say, well, can I can I edit my interview? (laughs) No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, can, mm-hmm. can we record it? No, can we pre-record no. it? And can I have it in advance? No, <laughs> you know, it's spontaneous. Yeah. It's live yeah. and it's it's podcast forever. That's the way we do things. That's you know, just because right. because that's that's where right. that's where the truth comes out. You know, the truth is not what you exactly. thought of and massaged and and worked through. However, in this case, uh, I understand and and I thought it would be okay to do. So, what'd you get? Yes. Okay. So basically, to preface it, this is an American citizen who is from the country of Yemen. So mm-hmm. he, he, he was born here. He is a citizen. He has a successful business, but he is a practicing Muslim. He, he's in the heart of a city, and his store was actually robbed, broken into and robbed two nights in a row just in the past week. And mm-hmm. there's no, no knowledge as, as to why, because this particular person, as I've gotten to know about him, is a very kind-hearted individual. So it's not like there's malice no, from a customer that was mistreated. Yeah. Is it a liberal? Is it a liberal exactly. city? Is it a liberal town? How big? A, how big a place are we talking about? Um, where the store is? I would say it's. 
I would say it's roughly uh, 100,000 people, roughly, and it is a very liberal city. Um, but aside from that, within the city, there are, you know, obviously in any city there's a mixed bag, but it leans liberal. And he does love this country. He loves America, and he cannot say enough about the freedom that they have. A lot of Muslims when do. Compare I, it to, yeah, I've never had problems with Muslims. You know, in fact, I used to, when I was in Oakland, mm-hmm. I used to go to uh, your Muslim bakery. You know, now I, yep. I wasn't so, so yep. rude as to ask for hot cross buns on Easter. I'm not that bad, although I thought about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, but uh, we go, we go fine. You know, it was great stuff. Then right. eventually he was convicted of murder. Yeah. That's a different story. But that was a personal problem for, for him because he was a murder. But the, the bakery was great. Yeah. Yeah, I love going to my Muslim bakery, you know, as a Christian. Who cared? It didn't matter. I mean, you <laughs> right. know, especially right. in Oakland, which exactly. was such a mixed bag. We had, uh, you know, we had yeah. uh, just wonderful place, parks and ashrams and restaurants. And, uh, you know, there was just all these fabulous. And we were close, to, you know, not that far from the beach. So it was from the, from the Bay, I mean. Mm-hmm. So it was Berkeley. Uh, right. was great. You know, Berkeley, Oakland area. Yeah. Anyway, but we had your Muslim bakery. Mm-hmm. And we had yeah. like four or five of them. Yeah. Didn't matter. Yeah, we didn't care. Yeah, and I'm not you know, against and that. Most Americans yeah, don't. Exactly. It's not. It's not Muslims. I mean, you had everybody going to this bakery. Your and he was very clear. It's right there on the sign. Mm-hmm. Your Muslim bakery. All right. Well, it wasn't just for Muslims. Right. First right. of all, that's illegal. You know. Secondly, he didn't right. care. He just wanted to sell his his uh you know bread and and rolls and and Muslim things, <laughs> whatever they were called. They were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. not the problem with Americans. Yeah. The problem with Americans is we don't like terrorists. And it's, it right. it so happens exactly. that a lot of terrorists are Middle Eastern Arab Muslims. That's the problem. Right. 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 You. Yeah. So I, I specifically, and, and I'm going to skip around. I'm not going to go in the order that I asked these questions. But one of the questions I asked him is, doesn't the Quran it, in some point death to the infidel? Does it not? Mm-hmm. Because the Quran is their literal Bible. And who exactly is, is the infidel is what I was getting at. It's like, why does it state that, number one? And who exactly is the infidel, number two? Well, mm-hmm. his answer to me was that the Quran came from Allah, which is God, and the I, I did a quick Google search to find where that passage is in the Quran, and it is found in the book of Surah. There's various chapters that reference it. There's 49, there's 9, there's 5, and I believe 47 is the other chapter that mm-hmm. talks about the infidels. And I pointed those passages out to him because he got a very puzzled look on his face right away when I, and he's like, huh, does it? Does it? Like he was questioning himself. Does it really say that? And I'm pulling, so it, what people believe, pulling it up what they to think show they, him. Yeah, it's what they think they believe and what yeah. they think they know. And all of them see the assumption. Right. This is what we say on this show all the time. Assumptions are stronger than truth. Everybody knows that the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, uh, you know, justices are appointed for life. No, the Supreme Court judges right. are only there for terms of good behavior. But the assumption is completely different. And that's the problem. Right. Right. So when I pointed that out to him and he wanted to actually actually see the passages, he said, "Okay, so what you're not understanding is there's actually two groups of people. One believes in God and one does not. One does not. And he said, it's not your religion. It's the action of your belief and what you do with it. If you come into someone's home and you take what you want and you destroy it, no matter what race or religion or belief you have, that is defined as the infidel. And it all comes down to your actions. That was his answer to me. So there is no one clear answer because I, I honestly thought if I go to a Muslim and I say, who is the infidel? He was going to say anyone that's not a strict Muslim. That's legitimately yeah, that's a, what that's I thought. That's what I understand. Yeah, that's, that's what I, right, how I understand right, it too. Because that's right. what I preach. That is, Greg, that is our assumption. <laughs> and Uh-oh. so he proved me guilty wrong of my own, uh, he, Guilty he of my own proverb. Wrong. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yes, your own province. Our assumption is that the infidel is anyone who is not a strict Muslim, and he said no. It has nothing to do. It could be another Muslim. 
It is anyone who comes in and is basically on the side of, of Satan. And that's what the Quran describes it as well. Infidels are followers of Satan. And that is anyone who flies in the face of God in doing what is wrong. So when they look at, you know, the actions that are being done, that's who they're judging as the infidel. Now, this is going to tie into my next question, because I said to him, do all Muslims hate Jews? And that's a, that's a strong word. But I said, do all Muslims hate Jews? And I, I saw the look on his face, and he immediately almost wanted to say yes, caught himself and said no. He said, Jews are not following the right religion, and they don't have the right to the land. So it comes down oh, to this stretch of history where he is, he's going right back to his answer about what an infidel is. He's basically saying Jews have come in and tried to take what is not theirs because by rights, that land belongs to Muslims or to the Palestinians. And so now, because they've done this, they are declared as the infidel. Not because they're Jews, but because they've tried to come in and take something that belongs to And the America, Muslims. by default, for supporting Israel, becomes the infidel as well. Bingo. Interesting. Yes. Okay, yes. I get it. And he, right. he, he, he even said that what's happening now is not from religion. It's Israel defending themselves from an attack that they caused and have been doing for years and years. Because he, he, just, they, he basically said they shouldn't be there at all. In the nation state of Israel, he said, I do not believe in Israel as a nation state. They should not be there at all. There shouldn't be any land occupied by them. Because it's so I, I feel the same way. It, it I feel the same way about uh, the Palestinians because you know they, they right. should not be in Israel at all. They should be in Jordan and Egypt. In fact, half of Jordan's Palestinian uh, descended anyway. So go there. Right, right, right. And I I did bring that up. I, I another question I asked him was um, why do you think Palestinians do not want to leave the Gaza Strip? And his simple answer was because it's their land. And I said, well then why not occupy the surrounding areas? and have a clear line between, okay, here's where Israelites or Jews can live, here's where Muslims or Palestinians can live, and not have a mesh of any kind of area where the two are living together constantly at war with one another. And he mm -hmm. wanted to come back at me and say, basically, that at one point, Jews and Palestinians used to live together peacefully. The real Jews believe that they belong there, and the real Palestinians believe that they belong there. And what the Jews did is came into Palestinian territory and started destroying mosques. And that would be because of, you know, of the land argument. Again, if the Palestinians go into the Gaza Strip or they go into Israel and try and put a mosque there, the Jews are fighting against that, saying, you don't follow the Jewish religion. You know, that's not right. We have to destroy this. And so he basically made it sound like the Jews are trying to defend themselves without any rights. They don't have right to defend themselves because they came at us first. This is our land. And the Jews are saying, no, this is our land. God promised it to us through Abraham. And the Muslims are like, no, we have Ishmael rights. So, um, it, it, yeah, that goes back to uh, what Wendy said. Did you hear, did you hear Wendy yes. a couple of weeks ago? And she explained the whole thing. It's mm -hmm. very simple. It says that, and she explained it, and this makes perfect sense to me, that Abraham had a wife, Sarah. I'm not good at my begatting, so, so correct me if I, if I get my name screwed up. But uh, Abraham and Sarah mm -hmm. were married, and, and the plan was for God to, yes. their firstborn son, uh, was going to be, yes. I guess, the, the head of Israel. And uh, uh, Abraham's wife said, uh, uh, well, Piaki's commenting on, on um, 
online here. Abraham is a myth. Bianchi, I got I got an hour. I got two hours tomorrow morning. I want to I want to hear all about uh, what uh, what you have to say. But I want to get Bonnie started because she only has about fifteen minutes left, and she's only on once a week. Um, but uh, there's there's some serious, especially in the black community, serious disagreement. Uh, as you said in the comment before, mm-hmm. Jews do not have a right to the land. The Jews are Caucasians. Mm-hmm. The Jews that are there are Caucasians, Germans, Poland, and U.S., well, also Russian, too. And so that is a fascinating argument. Now, well, I want to I save that one. I'll let you two go, to, go at it maybe at some point, but uh, I want to follow this through. Uh, and Pianchi, like I say, I've got plenty of right. time for, for, for that discussion. That's, a, that's, a, that's different. It's different enough that I don't want to take it up right now. All right. So uh, but like I say, tomorrow. I'll get okay. jobs done tomorrow. Uh, so, so Abraham and Sarah were supposed to have their firstborn son was supposed to be uh, the head of Israel, uh, Isaac. But uh, he wasn't born yet. So I guess Abraham got impatient because right. they were old. And Sarah, and Sarah said, well, you know, why don't you go, you know, bop the help? If you'll excuse the expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hagar mm-hmm. was, was, mm-hmm. Like, was, was one of their servant women who was, you know, younger and, you know, I guess more fertile as the expression goes. She gives birth to Ishmael. Right. But the problem is right. that's out of wedlock. They're not married. So God's like, ah, you screwed up, <laughs> you idiots. You know, and well, then when they did, but that's they did not have it. a son, it's Isaac, not, later. It's not, so. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't oh, the, problem. Was the problem. It wasn't that it wasn't because it flew in the face of God's plan. That was the problem. God literally oh, okay. said to Abraham, it will be Sarah who will give you this child and nobody else. It wasn't the fact that, oh, you, you committed adultery or you, what, you were unfaithful to Sarah. That wasn't the issue. The issue Even was, if it was God Sarah's told idea. him, Sarah. Right. Yeah. 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 It, was not, yeah. it was not God's way. It was Abraham's way. And that's where we get it wrong. When we don't follow God's plan, we screw uh. up. We take matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. We try and fix the problem ourselves. Then what happens? Thousands and thousands of years of battles and wars and blood spilled all across the land, all because of one person's mistake. Lack of faith in God's plan got us to where we are today in 2023. That's amazing. You know, when you trace that through, it's amazing. And this is why, uh, you know, the expression let go and let God, or in my case, you know, let go completely Bingo. and just hang on. You know, and it's because everything's happening now. I mean, this is why I say I have absolute faith. I know this is going to work. Uh, I let these ideas happen. Uh, Citizen Legislation Day that Wendy just talked about um, was an idea yeah. that, uh, that was, was put in my brain um, because I got tired of not being invited to places where I know I can help. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're not going to invite me, we're going to hold our own. Uh, you know, event. Right. And we're going to do, we're going to do it properly. We're going to do it. Uh, this is going to be a teach in. We're going to teach people how to become citizen legislators. We're going to have workshops. You know, we're going to show media how it's mm-hmm. done. We're going to show legislators how it's done. We're going to show people how it's done. Mm-hmm. And we're going to change hearts and minds. And, uh, you know, we've got a movement, you know, of, of empowering people right. to be basically what we were supposed to be all along. Everybody was supposed to be a citizen mm-hmm. legislator. Yeah. That was the plan for America. That was God's plan. That was our founder's plan. That was, that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And it fell from, mm-hmm. uh, from, from, from grace, from the plan, to this corrupt little dictatorship that we find ourselves in now. And also the willing accomplices that refuse to do anything about it. And then the people that think it can't be right. changed. So you've got three levels of, of yeah. depravity going on here. Anyway, back to right. you in our, in our right. Muslim interview. Well, yeah. So, so then the next thing that I want to say is I questioned him directly, like about the hospital attack, and he straight up was very defensive and is very much of the opinion that this was not Hamas's fault in any way, shape, or form, that it was very much so Israel. They have taken yeah, on, on a narrative within them. I know that. It's on video. I'm aware yeah. of that. But, right. but here's the thing. When I question that and I say, look, I'm seeing news outlets talk about this. It was in the parking lot. They're saying that it was a um, – a, basically a botched attempt. They, they didn't mean to hit it. It was an accident, blah, 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 blah. Everything that we are being fed, here's what I did not realize. 
they are watching their own news sources, oh, similar absolutely. to how America has its and, – and their news sources are twisting everything around to be, I don't know, mm-hmm. Israel did this. Israel mm-hmm. did this to themselves to make us look bad. And they are I'm, – I'm serious when I say this, Greg. They are firmly committed to believing that, and they mm-hmm. will not back down from that narrative. As much as we watch – our news outlets, and some people are live or die for Fox News when it used to actually be a news network that could, could be considered conservative and now is not. But back in the day, it was like you had your Fox right people and you had everybody else on CNN on the left. And you were live or die by that. You were judged by that. And they feel the mm-hmm. same way. They're watching Al Jazeera and other networks, and they are living or dying by what they see and saying, no, it's all a lie. You Americans don't, you other Americans, he is an American, but you, you non-Muslim Americans are not watching the proper news sources. And if you were well-informed, you would understand where oh, we're coming from. Oh, disinformation. You're getting disinformation, right? right? Uh, okay. Did you ask about Bingo. that? So, no. so I, I didn't get a chance to. I, I was there an hour and a half, and customers started pouring in. And every time a customer came, I had to pause my interview. And I literally said, I've got four more questions, super important ones I want to get to. I'm going to text them to you. Will you please respond? I'm on at 9 a.m. I need answers. I did not get responses back. So he well, probably got really busy you know, and didn't get a chance to. We, no, it's okay. Or but, I didn't yeah, want to. I, <laughs> you know, we, just, we, just, we just continued. Or this I didn't and, yeah, yeah, we're we're an ongoing mm-hmm. process. I, I mean, I've got enough from just what you said, and it, it reminds me yeah. every bit as much uh, as as our own as the communist news network and uh, misinformation, as, mm-hmm. you know, NBC. Um, yes, yeah, I should call it MS information, you know. Uh, but anyway, the mm-hmm. point is, I mean, how many people have you have you heard? Let's just talk about the election, and everybody's talking about well, right. this person was guilty because they challenged the results of the election. Well, I challenge the results right. of the election, too, but I also challenge the election itself. Now, listen, here's, here's a little, a little uh, example of disinformation that I picked up. They talk about, say, well, you, you know, the, Trump is guilty because he challenged the results of the election. So they don't care about how the election was run. They don't care about, you know, the means right. to the end. I talked about it in this first half hour. It's the means to the end. In other words, if you get power, it doesn't matter what you do to get it, as long as you get the results. Yes. Well, what are the results? It's the results mm-hmm. of the election. In other words, the bad count, the fraudulent votes, the computer manipulations, the machines, you know, the, the false stuff, the extra counting of ballots, the suitcases under the desk, the truckloads of ballots that came in, all the ballot drop-offs, everything that happened to, to steal the election. That's irrelevant. But you can't mm-hmm. challenge the mm-hmm. results because that's what counts. So right. that's how they phrase it. Right. They, you never hear it phrased as, yeah. as, you know, Trump challenged the election. He didn't challenge, you know, what they're saying is Trump challenged the results. So, so right. in other words, they take right. you it's away from about, the process. Not about the process. Right. Yeah. So I find that very interesting. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. And, and I, that directly ties into like how I, I'm looking at the whole challenge for this next nomination for the Speaker of the House. And I am literally appalled at what is going on in our government right now. We're on our mm-hmm. eighth nominee. They can't seem to get their act together. And I saw something uh, when I was reading through the statistics of this that I'm questioning this, and maybe you can answer for me. It took 216 votes to get Kevin McCarthy out. Then why do we need 218 to vote someone in? I don't know. Uh, maybe it took 216 because uh, a couple of people were, were traveling to, uh, you know, to Jamaica sitting on the beach. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it could be that simple. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, no, uh, but, but I question that, and I'm looking at I'm looking at one vote shy for Jim Jordan, who got to the 217 mark, and I looked back, and it had been since 1932 that we mm-hmm. came across a situation where we were one vote shy of having enough counts to get you know a speaker in, and 
I, I'm just appalled. Like it, it seems to me like the motive behind all of this is just to consistently drag out the government and try and make Republicans look bad because we mm-hmm. can't even unify behind a speaker. And if we can't do that, then that just delays the legislative process even more because the interim speaker doesn't have the powers that he needs to be an active House speaker so that we can get things done. And the American people, like, I, I feel almost like we're divided down the middle and half of them are applauding it going, good, we told you, you guys are idiots. And the other half are going, come on, man. Like, can we not just pick somebody? Can we, can we not just do this? Can we not get our uh, act together and come camp, together? I, yeah. I told them they're idiots too. I yeah. said you can never. If you, why do you think I called him Kevin McDeep State? This became Kevin yeah. McDeep State because he's deep state. I knew this was going to happen, you yeah. know. And they and they complained yeah. about Matt Gates, my congressman, you know, saying he he created mm-hmm. chaos, he disrupted the system. Really? So so you you don't think that uh, McCarthy making a secret deal, which is illegal, you know, for for a Speaker of the House to go directly to a president, make a secret deal, and then present it to Congress? That's not how the legislative process works. That's unconstitutional. And to right. think that uh, he had continuing resolutions and increase, they took away the debt ceiling. You know, and that's somehow a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's business as usual. So right. business as usual is, is committing economic suicide, but uh, disrupting that and actually going back to, to 12 appropriations bills, which is the law, I mean, or at least it's the law of Congress. It's the rule of Congress. You know, that's the problem. So the people are trying to fix the situation, the problem, the, the people are trying to perpetuate the, the system. They're the ones that get rewarded. Now, Mike Johnson uh, is the current candidate, last I heard. Uh, Tom Del Carl, okay. who's out in uh, California. Um, and Mike Johnson's really good. He looks like an accountant. He looks like a bureaucrat. Looks like one of these mild-mannered, you know, Clark Kent kind of guys. But he's brilliant. He's, he's like, a, he's like a, a, a Clarence Darrow lawyer uh, that looks – or an F. Lee Bailey lawyer that looks like uh, – you know, like John Dean. <laughs> he's got that beer. He's got that John Dean bureaucrat look to him. You know, the glasses guys. You know, with the the the, the proper hair. Yeah. They, they were probably Boy Scouts, and then they were you know nerds in college, and they grew up to be lawyers, right? So, but he's brilliant. I've watched him in in interviews. He's every bit as as good in interrogating uh, witnesses as Matt Gates, but he doesn't do it in a flashy way. He just sits there calmly and mm-hmm. you know tears shreds off them. It's it's you know it's fascinating. He he actually would be a good speaker. Now, I my Republican registration hinges on who they pick. Uh, if they were not going to pick Jim mm-hmm. Jordan, if they get to, if they got this guy Hammer, I was going to go right down to the voting office and say, no, I'm changing my registration to independent. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to do it anyway, just because I, I hate the Republicans that much. Uh, I only keep right, the Republican. Right. The only reason I kept it was for the primaries. That's the only reason. Yeah. And it was too much hassle to change it. But uh, other than that, no, I think if, uh, if they elect a bad speaker, we need to start a mass movement to get people to, to uh, independent, leave the Republican Party and send them. That would send them a message. If all of a sudden, you know, they lose like half their membership that they've noticed that or even mm-hmm. if they lost a million, you know, registered Republicans, that would be huge. But uh, that's what's going on there. So what about uh, uh-huh. what about Kevin McDeep State's um, latest proposal? Did you hear about his proposal now? Mm, which one? He is trying to re- he's trying to return himself to that position and make Jim Jordan his assistant House speaker. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he that's what Jim Jordan was before, and look how that worked out. No, it's a stupid idea. Now, right. Kevin Kevin right. is very typical of Washington bureaucrats. He feels he's entitled to power. He's been there long enough. Mm-hmm. He sucked up to John Boehner, sucked up to Paul Ryan. You know, played the dutiful, yep. uh, you know, uh, second fiddle. It's his turn, mm-hmm. and no one's going to take it away from him. Yeah. Now, Kevin McDeep State right. needs to be re- needs to be primate retired and put out to pasture. You know, go sit on your your front porch and and uh, get in a rocking chair beside Biden. Now, obviously, he's still mentally capable of doing the job. He's just not mentally mm-hmm. capable of doing the job. That's the problem with McDeep State. Right, right. Hmm. I know. You got five minutes. What else? And we got? and we do need. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the fact that he's even proposing that idea is is mm-hmm. ludicrous, in my opinion. No, like, a lot of... Not only did Jim, yeah, 
it's, mm-hmm. it's laughable. It's laughable. No, but he he'd always proposed that. He always, he's always said, "I'll come back." I mean, that's that's been the, that's mm-hmm. been there for a long time. Yeah. So that's that's nothing new. Yeah. He, it's, um, but it's not accepting the fact that he was ousted. It's it's literal state of denial that he's in. He is he is floating up that that river of denial. <laughs> in everything yeah, denial. he does. But that's but see that upsets the natural order. See see look at Washington. Mm-hmm. Read my article, "The Nation of Government," and the natural order is that uh, he is head of the uh, of the Beta Party in the House. So I've divided the Republicans and Democrats into the Alpha and the Beta Party. Democrats are the Alpha Party; mm-hmm. they're the leaders. Democrats, are the Republicans, are the Beta Party. They're the submissive ones. They're the mm-hmm. ones that bow down, mm-hmm. you know, you know, put the tail between their legs and say, "Please don't hurt me. Please don't call me a racist." You know, I'll do what you say. Just, right. just, just don't, don't, don't have me make a decision. They refuse power. That alone should justify yeah. getting rid of the Republican Party. But uh, no, this is the right. natural order is that when it's your turn, this is how Bob Dole got the nomination for president, even though he would have made uh, a lousy president. Fabulous serviceman, mm-hmm. great senator. But uh, as Clint Eastwood said, man's got to know his limitations. And uh, his limitation right. was the Senate. Uh, Kevin McDeepstate's mm-hmm. limitation was as a House member, a very powerful House member, but a House member nonetheless, not a speaker. Jim Jordan would have been good. Mm-hmm. Did you see my article on Devin Nunez? He's who I wanted for speaker. I did. I did. What I read think? that, and I so I agreed 100%. I love mm-hmm. Devin Nunez. He, he's so smart, and mm-hmm. I, have, I, I think I first found out about him, what, maybe eight years ago, possibly a little sooner than that, maybe seven years ago. I was introduced to the name, and I think he is just – uh, he's ideal. He's absolutely ideal. I, I view him as such a patriot. Like he, in my opinion, would make a great VP if Trump became president. But you know, president I don't know too. that that would ever be on the table. No, I'd vote for He would be president. a great president. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was stupid for him to leave Congress. I mean, that's when the, the everybody's entitled to one really dumb mistake. Mine was marriage. <laughs> you know, his was uh, leaving the leaving the Congress. So um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, he really needs to go back in uh, to Congress. But he should be mm-hmm. speaker first and then run. Because then he'll have his, his reputation right. and his precinct. He was extremely popular. He's from Fresno. He's a farmer. His family's they're, they're a yeah. bunch of farmers. So they're really close to the environment. They know about the whole water situation. They know what the federal government's done to screw things up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really yeah. interesting. I, I got a bunch of comments from Piantiki here because we've got just a couple of minutes left. Let me see, uh, see if I can get uh, – McCarthy was a Soros man. Oh, so is Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer was also – he voted for uh, raising the debt ceiling. He, yeah, Tom Emmer voted for gay marriage, the debt ceiling. He did, he's a Democrat. He's, you know, uh, yeah. no reference to my next uh, reporter, but, uh, you know, we call rhinos trans-Democrats. And he is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmer and McCarthy, you know, they, they're, they're, they're the part of the deep state. So, Pianchi, what it, what it comes to really right. is that there are two parties. There's the deep state and there's the America first. Uh, like the House Freedom yeah. Caucus is America first. And the deep state, it, it doesn't know a party. Republicans and Democrats, the majority of Congress, the House and the Senate, are the deep state. They vote in secret. Because mm-hmm. uh, I brought this up with, with Wendy. Remember the vote? Uh, in uh, the secret uh, meeting where only 28 people voted against uh, Jim Jordan in public, but 125 voted against him in private. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. We got, we got like two minutes. What have we covered? A little bit more readily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's about my main talking points because of the other homework assignments you've given me. I've not been able to <laughs> dig into them all that much. They, quite honestly. I mean, right? it's been a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and I do this with all my with all my the reporters here. I, I give constant suggestions, but it's all voluntary. You're free to totally reject all of them yeah. and report on whatever you want. I mean, that's the whole point of being on the show. Right. Is I want an independent, creative people. Um, January seventh. Uh, um, got any feelings, ideas, mm-hmm. suggestions from me as far as our our citizen legislation day in the time remaining? What do you think? Do you like the idea? 
I do like the idea. I'm I'm actually hoping that you have a fantastic turnout. I wish desperately that I could be there. Um, I I hope and pray that people come out and at least find out more about the fact that it is everyday people who can contribute to the laws that we have, that you do not have to be in politics. You do not have to be a lawyer. You can have a level head and come with good suggestions. Because when you think of a think tank, the whole point of it is to get different views, different perspectives, to come together and to find a good idea that you would have never come up with on your own and that you might not have even come up with with two or three other people. The more people you get involved, the more diverse ideas you can collect. You can come together with a common consensus that's good for the whole overall of America. And I yeah. think that people will be intrigued and they will be motivated and in, to begin writing legislation like you've never seen before. That's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm very curious as well. And thank you for that. Um, the, the whole point of this, too, is it's not just the people that show up here because we don't have room for, you know, a gazillion people. The, the theater only holds about 300 people. And that would be fine. I'd be happy with 100, 150 people. But I want advocates. I want people that are sincerely interested uh, in becoming citizen legislators because we will teach them. We're going to have tables right there. You know, we're going to teach people how to do it. We're going to walk them through it. But a lot of this, we've already got full social media coverage. So you'll, you'll be able to watch the whole thing live. It's all going to be covered. I've already got a friend doing that. So that's covered. And, of course, that means people can share it on social media. We are not relying on major media to get this story out, although I'm going to contact them. I'd love to have C-SPAN there. So the people I'm going to contact Mm -hmm. is C-SPAN. I'm also going to contact the the BBC because our our main listenership out of the United States is England, is the UK. Mm -hmm. And so if I get the BBC, of course, the BBC is worldwide. And so that's where I want to go with this. Um, yeah, so I got to, I got Bianca on the line. So let's um, any last words? You know, uh, uh, helpful hints. Oh, give your contact information. Yeah, let's, let's get let's get that, and then I shall uh, uh, bring Bianca on. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you can listen to me from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays on WFRN.com. You can download the app and listen live for inspiration and encouragement every Saturday. And also, you can find my cookbooks online at Amazon, or you can go directly to my website at www.bonnie-appetit.com. That sounds good. All right. I'm just rearranging my computer screen. I'm pulling a a voter guide, so we're going to talk uh, all kinds of politics here. That sounds great. Thank you very much. We will see you. uh, We'll see you. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. But, uh, yeah, I'll get you the information. Any any hints on on, uh, or suggestions for our, our Citizen Legislation Day, please let me know. We'll talk to you later. Will do. Thank right. you so much. Thanks, buddy. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And now a little West Coast sophistication for Action Radio. Where else can a progressive socialist trans actor, political activist, and candidate from San Francisco meet on the air with an anti-federalist, individual rights, free market citizen legislator in Florida? Agree or disagree? And we do. It's always fascinating. So join us now, please, for the Progressive Report with Bianca Von Krieg. Oh, I kind of like that. Hey, Greg. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. Now. I think it's, yeah, I get that bass going. It's like, oh, it's very, fun. very right. beatnik. So, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Oh, did you explain beatnik? Do people know what beatniks are or the beat generation? That's almost like a forgotten word. Um, I, I, Before I your had time? it in the vault. <laughs> What can I say? We got some good headlines today. Um, okay. Starting off, uh, Portrait of Dying in America, Mary Lou Retton, Show Me the Money or Drop Dead, Hamas, Tales of the Toilet Scrubbers, Victory for the Bianca for San Francisco team, We're Moving the Eye of Pelosi Ferris Wheel to Pier 39. 
Uh-huh. I've been and, there. I know that place. And, yeah. And in our news segment, um, on the campaign trail, we have Ringo misinformed Yahoo, the last angry man. California State uh, Representative Chris Holden, little old crying baby from Pasadena. Wieners whining, the old and the cranky, or as the hemorrhoids burn, and appeasement and big tent politics. All this and more on the Progressive Report with Bianca Von Krieg. Yeah, we, we only have an hour. Today, <laughs> I know. I, I, and we haven't talked about the voting record. Do you, you want to save you want to save uh, the the Bianca Von Krieg for San Francisco dot org uh, voting record, or do you want to talk about the headlines first? It's up to you. What's what's your pleasure? Uh, let's do the let's maybe get through the headlines and see where we are. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. We can always save this for next week too. Yeah. So what's the first one? Because they kind of ran okay, together. I'm trying so, to write. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. Mary, Mary Mary Lou Retton, who is America's she was America's sweetheart in 1984. She t- in the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. She won a gold mm-hmm. medal yep. in the individual all-around uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she has a, a very, very lethal form of pneumonia, potentially lethal form of pneumonia. Oh no! And she has, yeah, and she has no health insurance. So she actually had to resort to a GoFundMe to to raise money to help her, which I. I, I'm just, I, I find abhorrent. How can that you not have health where insurance? We are. I mean, even if you have no money, you can still have health insurance. That's the point of Obamacare. So it's, um, oh, it might not be great health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this thing, is... But they won't let you die. Like, you know, it's certainly not from pneumonia. And you can even and, go to a um, hospital. We have illegal aliens who can't even be in the country going to hospitals and getting treated. So why can't, why can't, why can't she? A, that used to be how the old, that used to be how the old system worked, by the way. What's when what? You went for the uninsured. Well, that's why uninsured? that's why pills. Co- that's why Tylenol costs like two hundred dollars a pill or something like that. Right. When, you, when you stay at the hospital, so that um, that was to pay for the people that um, that was to make the insured people pay for the uninsured people. Obamacare mm-hmm. fixed all that. Um, so yeah, it was well not entirely, but we'll talk track. about that another time. I'm not as well versed on my own. Yeah, I'd have to look it up again. But uh, we, we can we my... can crack that walnut next time. Well, no, but I'll just I'll just mention really quickly that uh, I actually believe yeah. that if we took all the money that went to the the wars, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, all all the stupid spending and all the things in government, we could easily have just as we could have a, a free education choice system, we could have a healthcare system, we could have a voucher system. I don't believe in people dying because they don't have money. That makes no sense to me. You know, and so well, I agree. agree with you it there. It could certainly be yeah. put to much better use. Yeah, I'm absolutely uh-huh. behind behind you on that one. You know, yeah. um, sending all this money to you know these, and of course now they're trying to bundle it. Like you know, like we won't know. Like in the like a in the same way a, a homely um, a homely girl bundles herself with her hot friends on her Tinder channel. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's if there's ever a time to scream USA USA, I guess that's that one. You know, for the dying of America and. The, well, but, but, for, so Mary Lou, but Mary Lou Retton, doesn't she have money from, uh, I mean, she was on the Wheaties box for like 10 years. You know, it's not like she's poor. You don't, you don't win the Olympic, uh, Olympic gold medal and don't get a ton of endorsements and millions of dollars. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. She's, she, had some, she had some heat on her for a while. Um, huh. I, I don't know her financial circumstances. She might have had, made some bad investments. Uh, you know, keep in mind that these you know, people who win these medals are not you know, Rhodes Scholars, okay? They're just dedicated people, you know, in, yeah. in, to athletics. So, 
you know, it can be tough navigating, you know, certain financial obstacles that come to you in life. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, I wish her well, and I, I, I hope um, this America can learn a lesson from this, you know, terrible, terrible cir- circumstance. Hope she oh, gets yeah. better. Well, yeah, and, and, and of course, um, your money could have been stolen by financial managers. There's people that the rock groups, you know, all the San Francisco 60s groups, Jefferson Airplane in particular. I remember watching Grace Flick talk about their managers were terrible. And they didn't advise them properly, and they signed away rights to things that they never had to sign away. And they lost millions of dollars um, through corrupt uh, financial advisors, record companies, and things like that. She might have done the same thing with endorsements. You know, most of the money might have gone to the agent. We don't know. Um, But the point is that there's no reason for anybody in America, you know, to to not have some kind of health coverage simply because we have so much money going to stupid things. You know, wars, Ukraine. Yes. You know, Israel right now. Uh, Israel can afford its own war. Um, um, and just, just we're funding the things that are killing us, which is insane. Anyway, absolutely. You know, we have a lot to cover. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and then uh, on our Hamas segment, Tales of the Toilet Scrubbers, uh, <laughs> apparently, according to, <laughs> according to the, 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 the young lady of 83 who was just released, uh, they, the, the Hamas were a very gracious host. They were scrubbing their own toilet. They were scrubbing their toilets for them. They had uh, gynecologists on staff who would see the, the ladies, you know, for their what? feminine needs. As no, 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 no. I, I don't believe that for a second. Hamas, a terrorist group? No, they did. They did. Have, they had doctors on staff who would come in and regularly check on them. Well, all right. So, 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 so let me ask stuff. you, if you think, you know, if women are kidnapped by Hamas, a terrorist group that has just killed a whole bunch of Israelis, do you think the first thing on your mind is, gee, I, really, I, I missed my gynecology appointment? I don't think so. <laughs> I've got other things. There are other priorities. It just, that doesn't make any sense to me, unless that's propaganda. We're, we're treating you Americans so well. She you know, said I, it. You know, she said, said it. it. She said she it, not them. The, no. The, the release You're hostage, kidding. yeah. I don't believe it. No, they really? clipped it out of the – they clipped it out – yeah, Greg, I'm telling you, I was there. Oh, okay. I believe you. I just – just, she, you know, what they did was they clipped it out of the mainstream media broadcast, but I caught it on Russian, Russia Today. And if anybody doesn't have that, I highly recommend they listen to it. What's Russia well, Today? Al Jazeera. Where, oh, um, Al, is it Al Jazeera? Al Jazeera is out of Qatar. Now, I heard, was it you that told me Al Jazeera is owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney? Yeah, and that, unfortunately, I was, uh, that was a mistake. Uh, they were oh, okay. actually run. It was run by a woman who used to work at ABC. So they, I think her name is Katie something, and they picked her Correct. to uh, they to, at ABC to run the uh, the American uh, branch. Katie Couric, um, but Ms. yeah, Perky? no, no, not Katie Couric. It was like a you know VP or something like that. It was in the back oh, okay. office, the front mm-hmm. office. Yeah, but, they call it. but it's Arab news, which is I mean I, I watch it and read it. I mean I, I get news. I mean I I was reporting on the the Chinese you know playing bumper cars with the Philippine Navy um, from uh, <laughs> India news. I mean, that's a great, it's on my Facebook page, it's in, a, it's in an international news group. So, you know, we got a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about yeah, Hamas I mean, and, the, and the gynecologist. That to me, I'm sorry. So that's, that's, I'm incredulous. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's what they said. They said, uh, the woman said when they, when they took them, when they, when they brought them into their compound or whatever, they, they said, look, we believe in the Quran. We're not going to be. I'm not, we're going to treat you, you know, civilly. And apparently they, they owned up to it. Everybody had food and um, they were comfortable. They not, not beaten or tortured or anything like that. They were, Did they she get was the guy's prostate? Beaten. 
<laughs> Did the guys get with a, with a, I'm yeah. just curious. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was initially beaten with sticks, so she says. Yeah. Right. In order, but I think that was to subdue her. Um, but uh, but um, yeah, and then so we have to ask ourselves: Is this destination hostage taking at its finest, or Stockholm syndrome redux? That's a good question. question. The Stockholm said we should explain that. But, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, if you were captured um, by a terrorist, would you want, you know, that kind of an exam? (laughs) You know, I mean, if if I was if I was captured by Hamas, the last thing I'd be thinking of is these guys are not going to give me a prostate exam. Ain't going to happen. Okay, it's just, you know. (laughs) It's, just, it's not going to happen. That everyone you know, loses, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, think about it. So, so women subjecting themselves to gynecological, gynecological exams from a terrorist group that has just killed a thousand, fourteen hundred people, apparently. That's why this seems well, they're, impossible. They're, to me. they're doctors, you know. They're not like actual terrorists. Well, they're so was Mangala. Like... Mangala was a doctor. Doctor yeah. fascist. <laughs> Good Dr. point. Fascist That's a great point, Drake. Yeah, Doctor Fascist is a doctor. You know, he's got a basic, he's not even a virologist, which is, most people don't know. Fauci is not a virologist. He heads up the, the National Institute of Infectious Diseases. No, he's a guy. propagandist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is, so talk about Stockholm Syndrome. For those that don't know, that's, uh, that is a fascinating concept. Yeah, so Stockholm Syndrome is when you begin to identify with your hostage takers. Um, you know, like that supposedly happened to um, the, the Haas girl uh, back in the 70s when uh, um, one of these groups, uh, were funding their activities by robbing banks. And, God, I forget. Greg, can you oh, look that up? Oh, Patty Hearst and the Liberation Army. Yes. yes. Yeah. I remember when the FBI yeah. raided them. I was about to, I was in junior high and I was about to go on singing lead in a musical. And about 20 minutes before we went on, we heard the news that the, the FBI had raided the Symbionese Liberation Army. Like, oh, that's exciting. Okay, now back to Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> I had a weird life. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but that was Patty Hearst. So they called her Tanya. That was her code name. Tanya, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, was this the real deal, or is this, you know, her family just trying to hide the fact that she actually changed teams? I don't know, but um, yeah. So Stockholm syndrome is when you identify with your captors mm-hmm. and uh, and begin to feel sympathy for them, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. you remember uh, the Stanford experiment? She, speaking, speaking of bizarre. Oh um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, that yeah. for those of you who don't know, they uh, Stanford students uh, did like prisoners and uh, guards, I, I think, and they they, divvy, mm-hmm. they yep. just randomly divvied them up, and then one you know one group had to be subjected to the other, and yeah, uh, these otherwise you know very civilized genteel people turned into nasty animals, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was. It was interesting scientifically and very descriptive from a human commentary standpoint. Yeah, and what's interesting, um, it's the guards that went psychotic. It's the prisoners that kept their sanity, those that were pl- role-playing as the prisoners. They're like, this is an experiment. Yeah. This, is a, this is a class project. What the hell's wrong with you people? And, and the guards were like, you and know, wearing And these are Stanford students, you know, yeah. the, the, one of the, the, the best of America, supposedly. And <laughs> um, you know, they can be just and as flawed government. and human as the rest of us. <laughs> So you know, oh, you want to you want to do something. That's my alma mater, by the way. I, yeah. Stanford. Yeah. So here's here's a question yeah. for you. Here's a possible project for you to report on. Where are the guards from the Stanford experiment now? What corporations are they running? What, what judgeships do they have? Where are the guards now? The psychotic ones. How's that for a question? You know, I have to I have to try. Uh, I'll contact my old psych professor. I bet he'll he'll be able. To, he'd love that case. Maybe we can even okay. bring him. Okay, bring him on the show. 
bring a professor on the show. Philip That'd be great. So, so write that down for future. Philip uh, yeah. Zimbardo teaches actually an online course, and it's really good. You can uh, okay. called uh, Discovering Psychology. It's on PBS, huh. I think. And uh, so victory for the Bianca for San Francisco team. We moved the eye of Pelosi Ferris wheel to Pier 39. So a few weeks ago, we found out that we were, they were, there's this big Ferris wheel in San Francisco, just like they have in London, because San Francisco is incapable of original thought. <laughs> and they, they had me for a while. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they had Greg, uh, but they couldn't hold him. They, they couldn't tame no, Greg. Do you think I could do uh, this show from San Francisco? Honestly, Bianca, do you think I could do this show from San Francisco, or would I be like hanging from a tree? You know, the next morning. I don't. I, I'd like I, to see you try, really. No, I, I, I really I would. Right there with you. Well, nobody hired me. I would have stayed uh, in California if they'd hired me, but nobody did. I got hired in Florida, that's why I came here. Have you tried KPFA or like um, KGO <laughs> oh, or public radio? Public radio. Yeah. Oh, oh no, KPFA well, KGO is private. That's ABC. That's that's Pacific, uh, KPFA. Is that the Berkeley uh, Pacific Radio Network? Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually did some stuff with them. I volunteered and I helped out and I uh, I tried to get on the air and they said no, you've got no future in radio, Greg. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Oh, <laughs> anyway, back to you. Oh yeah, that's you know, very unhappy like. I, I got four hundred rejections you know? from stations. I got four hundred rejections from stations across the, across the country. You know, I said no. Action radio wow. is a stupid idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, all I needed was one though. One that said yes. And that's the one I went to. Easy peasy. Here I am. Hey, we're all anyway, about vindication you. on this program, so good for you. Yeah. Um, so in other words, don't give up. So, yeah, all you need is one person to say yes. The, uh, forget the no's. The no's that's don't all, yeah, that's so, true. That's, yeah. that's, um, so it's the Willie Loman creed, I think. Um, so anyhow, on uh, October 12th, we, mm-hmm. we wrote an email to, our, to Supervisor Aaron Peskin. That's whose district it is. And mm-hmm. the title of the email was, Don't Disney Up My Wharf, because they were going to actually move it to a fisherman's <laughs> wharf. Instead of Pier 39, and I and I said, so and the and the letter goes on to read, you know, I like my work gritty, cheap, and tourist free. Send that yeah. dumb wheel to Pier 39, and then it goes See, on to say, before, first, uh, this is after my time. Let me let me uh, finish the letter, Greg. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So uh. So then it goes on to say, first you full house my hate with a baby gap, then you maga up my Castro. You got rid of the hey, hey, hey on the Cap Street, and now this. No, this is the line. If Dweeby Karens want a place to go, send them to Walnut Creek like God intended. And apparently Aaron, Aaron Peskin heard the message, and it is being moved to Pier 39. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, my apologies for interrupting. I, I do get accused of that. But, no, uh, that's okay. I, just, I had, well, no, I had some the momentum I wanted to. <laughs> no, let's hear the last what, part again. So the, the, the part where you characterize the different neighborhoods, because that was hysterical. Okay. Full house. (laughs) You full house my my hate with a baby gap. Then you mogged my Castro. You got rid of the hey 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 on Cap Street, and now this. No, this is the. (laughs) If Dweeby Karens want a place to go, send them to Walnut Creek like God intended. You know. I agree. Pier Thirty Nine is for the tourists, right? Fishman Wharf. Yeah, I like. That smell of like fresh, maybe possibly rotting seafood and boat <laughs> gasoline just kind of does it for me. It really does. You know? Well, here's what's interesting now. When I used to be a tour guide, uh, I have friends at the Alioto Lazio fishery. 
those folks is run by mm-hmm. two women. Uh, they're sisters. They uh, find tradition. In fact, it's a great story. Here's a, here's a great San Francisco story. So their grandparents met uh, during the 1906 earthquake when they uh, when a lot of people hopped on boats because the safest place to be when San Francisco was burning was yeah. in the bay, surrounded by water. So they yeah. were on the boat and, and they looked at each other and, and there was love at first sight. And uh, three generations later, you still have the Aliota Lazio fishery. They're wonderful people. And what we used to do when I'd do the tours um, out of Fisherman's Wharf and these motorized cable cars, I couldn't do on the ducks so much because they were kind of self-contained. But the motorized cable cars, one of the folks used to come on with a dungeon of scrap. And we kind of like wave it in people's faces and the, the big claws were there. It was hysterical. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we weren't, you know, throwing them in the face, but I would just say we just hold it up, you know, close so people could see a crab close up. And it was really hysterical. I mean, what kind of, who, I mean, who does a tour would actually bring the crabs on board the tour vehicle? We did, right? But I also, and this is where it's interesting, I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I said that, 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 yeah, that's, that's something they'll remember for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you know, they're, they're, they're big, these crabs, you know, anyway, but the other thing I, oh, yeah. when I when, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh yeah. They are. They're big. <laughs> I've seen them. They're huge. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they taste good too, but they're, they're too compartmentalized. It's too hard to eat a dungeon. This crab's too much work anyway, but they're still good. Oh All yeah. Right. It's, the, a, it's a production. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, so set aside an afternoon if you're going to have done to this crap because you're going to need it. Um, but the other thing, yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> it is an experience. Oh, no, they're really good though. I mean, you know, and California's really good. Oh about yeah, preserving but it's just, them. Mm-hmm. It's you know, but, it's like building a birdhouse or something like that. It's it's involved. You know. Yeah, it is involved. <laughs> yeah, because you got a little piece here. You got the nest there, and maybe a, a tarp. Oh, who knows? <laughs> oh, lobster's easier. Lobster tail is much easier than the claws. You have two claws and a tail. That's why I like lobster over crab because it's it's much easier to eat. Anyway, but what I used to do with the second tour company after uh, the first one kind of folded up was, well, they're back now. Anyway, but I used to take people, oop, background noise. I got paper rustling. Yeah, anyway. um, So what I used to do was I take people back to the actual fisherman's wharf where the fishing boats were. And we talked to the fishing boat captains. And we'd see the, the bait traps and how, the, how, a, how a, crab, a crab trap actually worked. So I was about the only one. Wow. I think I was the only tour guide that did this, but I actually went back. So, and, uh, so if you go right behind, there's a gap between um, the, 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 big, the main corner, uh, Fisherman's Wharf. Then there's a gap. Uh, and then you come down like Aliotos and the big restaurants as you work way down. But in that gap is all the fishing boats. And if you walk back yeah. to the fishing boats, um, and, they, and a lot of times they've had problems because of the, the head of, of the Monterey Aquarium. Uh, one of the, the Getty descendants um, has basically screwed up the California um, coastline in terms of, of fishing and, and crabbing, which is really too bad. They had seasons that were banned and other problems. But anyway, talk to the actual fishing folks. They're really interesting. Uh, and, uh, but that's what I used to do. And so that was, we went to the real Fisherman's Wharf. Um, and I always like to do that. You know, look at the people who are working. Look at the people who make it happen. Yeah. Fisherman's Wharf is about fishing and it's about crabbing. Yeah. That's what makes it work. Anyway, go ahead. That's what I, yeah, that's what I like about it too. You know, it seems like they're 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 pricing the middle class out of this city. Like, you know, go to go to they wanted to they wanted to put the wheel there in order to like revitalize it. And it's like it's it's fine. It's just you know having some recovery problems from COVID. A couple of the restaurants have gone under, unfortunately. Oh really? But, uh, mm. Yeah, the main the mainstay ones. The one at the front. You know that when you when you walk into the into the wharf and then there's like that big long bay of like you know, fishmongers and crab, you know, seafood mongers mm-hmm. and such. Right. That, that restaurant at the front that faces, I think, Jackson Street or Embarcadero. That one is Aliotos or something and, else. Or, uh, no, yeah, um, it's not Aliotos. Or the crabs. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's um it's unfortunate, and they just need economic relief, which um, apparently you know they have to get behind Israel and Ukraine on to get. But uh, yeah, it's you know that's what I, I like. It's it's cheaper there. It's, there's no tourists because you know it's too gritty for them. So mm-hmm. you know, and it's got because the the you know they got the fishermen right right there, and you know mm-hmm. what are they gonna do? They're gonna wear tuxedos to go like <laughs> no, they're wearing their leather apron. Things they're wearing things that you'd wear when you're yeah. you know, you're diving headfirst into a pile of crap. I mean, you know, it's it's dirty work, but uh, it's um, but dirty. It's, it's dirty work, but it, yeah. So, um, but I appreciate why I like it. So it. yeah. So that that yeah. wheel is going to Pier 39. So I'm happy you're about good. that. And my mm-hmm. team did that for the city of San Francisco. So you're welcome, Yay. everybody. Yeah. Wait a yeah. minute. Let me let and me let me. Aaron Preston is a about. great guy. We're trying to get him on the program, and he's uh, he, he's a, he's a, he's a character, as my grandmother used to say. Who's but, this now? You know, anybody who wasn't anybody who wasn't Catholic was a character in her book. And, uh, <laughs> Let me give you a round of applause for uh, moving the wheel. <laughs> well, nice job. Yeah, keep that out of the way. Yeah. So Aaron, who's currently the president of the board of supervisors here, uh, he's he he told me in a meeting one time. He's like, look, you know, some things I can be swayed on. So if you want to talk to me about some things, I'll I'll listen. So okay. he listened and. I told him I told him we'd give him some props today. So Aaron Peskin, these are your props. Well done, my friend. Yeah, it's very um, action radio. That's that's a good sign. So uh, hey, you know we uh, so, breaking yeah, ground so everywhere. That's that's a great segue to our to our next segment on the campaign uh-huh. trail. And as just to review the highlights, we have Ringo, the last angry man in San Francisco, <laughs> California State Representative. <laughs> Uh, that's not his real name, but uh, California State Representative Chris, I know, right? State Representative Chris Holden, little crying baby from Pasadena, winger whining, the old and the cranky, or as the hemorrhoids burn, and uh, appeasement and big tent politics fail. Oh, uh, we we so. got uh, 35 minutes. Let's 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 hit them all. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, we're gonna have fun with these. These are great. These are my so. Uh, as, 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 as the listeners know, I am, I'm running against Nancy Pelosi. This is the second time I've done it. We, mm-hmm. we destroyed her last time. We, uh, she stepped down as speaker. That was all us, you know, I mean, turning the archbishop against her, uh, turning, How'd you do that? we got, we even, we even got the president to work for us. You know, it was great. So, uh, what, and Trump? we totally humiliated. Yeah. We t- really, cause we told her during the last, that final budget, the, the final budget debate he was having with her before he had to leave office, um, she, you know, they were arguing about the money, and I said, "That's that's not that's not what she's she's trying to humiliate her. So all you have to do is just offer her more money, and she'll turn it down. <laughs> I guarantee you." And that's and that's what they did, and that's what happened. She and she, and so you can you can go to my YouTube channel, Bianca from San Francisco, and search uh, CNN or Wolf Blitzer, and you'll see Wolf Blitzer just laying into her after that. Like, what's the matter with you? People need money. They're out of work. They need assistance. And you know, she's like, well, we're doing. We have we have our processes and procedures, and you know, she got she got her ass handed to her. So and after that, her her, uh, her broad shore got vandalized. So that's. That's what my team has done is we've changed the narrative and uh, we've had some obstacles like old Ringo here. Ringo, the last angry. <laughs> now, Ringo, as it turns out, I was I do a lot of these, um, you know, like mixers and fundraisers. And uh, there's a lot of these Democratic clubs and unions that I have to go to. 
and I'm not have to. I like I like it actually. I like. Oh come on, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like to, um, you're you're uh, fading in and out just a little bit. I don't know if you're backing oh, away from the microphone or the phone, but I need to just get you a little more. No, I've been trying the Bluetooth Halo thing. I don't know about that. I might have. Or whatever to you're using go now is perfect. Next time. Yeah, whatever you're doing now is great. Yeah, um, that's working. Go ahead. So anyhow. Um, uh, so I met this guy at one uh, over the weekend, and I, you know, when I, I introduced myself, and the first thing he says, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not voting against Pelosi. Pelosi and Feinstein are towering figures in the city of San Francisco. They have done so much, and I said, yeah, like what? <laughs> and that's when the that's 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 when the energy just dropped off his face, literally. Yeah. Like uh, he was just. He was just confounded, and he got he got a little frustrated with himself and the question, you know, because he's like he had no answers. Both of them had been in their respective offices for nearly forty years, and they had nothing to show for it. Look it up; they've got nothing to show for it. The best thing Pelosi can cop to is trying to steal Obamacare away from Obama, and you're trying to take credit for it. Basic, you know, basic, you know, I have a cousin who's a little slow, and he likes to do things like. Oh, that light's going to turn red. Well, obviously he knew that because the light was already orange. You know, and Pelosi does the same thing. She sees what the president's going to do. She can't stop it. So she tries to jump in front of the parade like she was the first one there. And that's yeah. what she tried to do with Obamacare. And nobody's – and <clears throat> so apparently guys like old Ringo here were buying it. Now, here's the thing. Ringo, we looked him up a little, and it turns out he is a, he's a senior official in, the, uh, in City Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not, we're not, we know his real name, but we're not going to say it. We, we told him, That's fine. you know, you can call in That's today okay. if you wanted. Um, 215-383-3832. Come join us. Yeah. Yeah. Gringo, if you want to come on, you can come on as yourself. You can is come it on Gringo, Gringo or Ringo? Like. Is it with a G or an R? Gringo or Ringo? Oh, it's, yeah, it's at the Ringo star. You know, Ringo. this guy was okay. kind of disco. Right. Yeah, to make sure we're not, uh, you know, dissing white guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, we're, we're after, we have right, to get the right white guys in this one. I don't know something bad, just bingo, come on on the show. Yeah, well, you're welcome here. But, <laughs> anyway, go ahead, I'm sorry. Guys like Ringo are part of the problem, you know, and it's, it, they're stuck in something that's called confirmation bias. You know, they, they don't want to hear anything that's, well, basically, they're only interested in information that affirms their beliefs and biases. Um, we've seen this a lot with like Fox News and, and certain like you know extremist media programming, um, maybe like Infowars and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, you really have to keep informed and not join a cult. Um, there are there are good and bad things in both parties. We, you know both parties have been co-opted by the deep state or unistate, whatever you want to call it. So you know. We have to really fight for like good information. I know it's tough out there, and you know, apparently Ringo's having a hard time too. And Ringo's no, you know, he's no slouch. I mean, if we looked at his LinkedIn. He's, you know, he's a fairly accomplished man, but he just he just fell prey to this same kind of cult mentality, a lot like that Stanford case that we referred to. You know, otherwise, you know, decent people. You know, going off the reservation, you know, under the right conditions. Well, that's why whistleblowers are such a hard thing for people to do, because people are loyal yeah. to an organization, even if that organization is killing people. 
you know, people are loyal to uh, the, the national health folks, the FDA, the CDC, even though they damn well they're putting out misinformation and people are dying because of it. They, people are loyal to yeah, companies. They, it does uh, seem like they're very politicized, unfortunately. Yeah, not, but look at Aaron body. No, it shouldn't, but Aaron Brockovich's yeah. company. So we've got a paralegal that uh, is doing things that they shouldn't have done uh, or the first lawyer that brought a, a liability suit against Big Tobacco. You know, and they found whistleblower would actually, you know, hand over the memos. So it's very hard for people. People would rather be loyal and comfortable than honest and true to character and do the right thing. And so I see this all over the place. I mean, we, we try to bring the people that want to do the right thing, uh, give them a place to do it. Uh, like you, for example, who are, are taking stands that, uh, you know, that progresses, you know, especially the, the radical end of it, you know, don't want out there. And they don't want you saying it. So uh, that's why you're here, yeah. you know, is to be able to say things that uh, I saw you on the video. Uh, that other video that you, you sent was way too short. Uh, but this is a place where you can, you know, share that view openly and uh, with explanation. And that's, that's I think, is, is hugely important. Yeah, thank you, Greg. And it, and it is important to, like, listen to different viewpoints. That's, that's why, you know, I watch a lot of conservative news during the day. It's not because I enjoy it, believe me. <laughs> uh, some, some of the I stuff is that. pretty grueling. Well, if I, I hear I, another, if I hear another product placement for like weird vitamins, you know, supplements, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh yeah. I, I don't. For some reason, Infowars has a, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, channels have, are obsessed with, you know, buying gold and, you know, beet supplements. I don't know what those. Two well, no, it's common, interesting. Everybody, but, you know, products that are advertised. That that'd be actually an interesting study. What products are are conservative? Uh, programs versus what products are on level. You're not going to see, you know, Smith and Wesson advertised on CNN. You're just not. Okay. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, any more than you would see, um, you know, CARE, the, the, the council for American is, uh, 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 Islamic. What is it? What is, what is that? Uh, the, the Islamic organization. Yeah. Uh, council for Arabic relations. Yeah. Yeah. That one. It's, it's, yeah, that, it's, that's not going to be on Newsmax. Ain't going to happen. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But they figure and, you know, as an old. actress, I was looking at these things all the time, too, you know, because, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want, like, you know, Walmart being broadcast on you know, things that I'm on. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm followed by a lot of edgy groups like vodka companies and Virgin Atlantic. And, you know, that's, that's the brand I like. You know, I don't yeah. want to have, like, you know, like prune juice, you know, manufacturers, <laughs> you know, saying. We, well, I guess the conservatives are old because they have vitamin supplements. They have all this. They, 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 the next thing is Geritol. I don't even know if that's on the market anymore. But they have old, they have products for old people. Yeah. And I guess they figure yeah. all the conservatives are old and all the young people are liberal. So there's no point in advertising young products. There's no private, you know, they're not going to advertise the latest iPhone uh, on Fox News because the listeners are like 85 no. and older. You know, yeah. so, but, the, but that's interesting. That's, you know, but the, they, they know demographics. So if you want to look at demographics, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, but the conservatives are going to have like my the advertisers. Yeah. yeah, the survivalists, the gun company. Well, of course, gun companies don't really advertise. But they don't have to. We all know who they are. No, I, I, um, think, it, I think it's against the law for them to do it, just like it no, is not. With, uh, tobacco. What, I, gun companies? Why? They, they, I don't, ooh, I'm curious. They can do it on, they can do it on print. They can do print advertising, but they can't do TV for something. It was it was the Why same not? thing as tobacco too. It's a legal product, uh, Greg. I don't, I don't know. I have no. It's just something that one of these political things that happens, and then it, no one ever fixes it. So, um, you know, for the for the longest time too. Um, That's interesting. Uh, it was a it was a gentleman's agreement that kept uh, pharmaceuticals from advertising their branded drugs, their their proprietary drugs. Right. They didn't. They didn't used to do that because you know it's like it's a, it's a proprietary drug. 
the doctor will do it for you when you need it. But it's somebody said, I'm done with that. I'm going to advertise. And then they all started doing it. That's how it happened. So, uh, you know, these, these things have, have their own momentum sometimes, but yeah, you, you know, your like point that. is well we taken. Uh, the yeah, we have built the demographics to, uh, of the okay. viewers are going to be reflected yeah. in the products and services that are sold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you we know, have a bill that, uh, that takes away that uh, would remove all drug advertising and prescription drugs and just to allow it to be marketed directly to doctors, you know, so that people aren't, you know, running and say, Oh, I heard about Ozembic or, or Plaxal void or whatever these, I don't even know what these drugs are. You know, I think I was in well, my head like the last yeah, one I that's, saw. Yeah, that's a great know. idea. Unfortunately, the problem that happens that, is that some of these doctors are just stupid. And, you know, I've had this personally with my experience. You know, I've asked about a drug, and they, they go, what, what is that? You know, that's not something you want your doctor to say. <laughs> you want your doctor <laughs> to be, you know, current and, you know, reading journals and, you know, up to speed on all the latest techniques and, and medication. And when your doctor says, what, what is that? That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I, I kind of feel that. for the manufacturers on, on that side. Um, yeah. uh, well, we can all use the physician's a, desk reference. You know, anybody can look up drugs. You know, they, it's the same yeah. thing the doctors use. Um, you don't have to be a doctor to read the physician's desk reference. It's, it's amazingly informative. Anyway, I don't want to take away from other stories. We've yeah. got a lot to discuss. No, no, no that's, that is, that's a good point. Yeah, the, you know, this stuff is up. all available. And if and if huh. people want to, uh, people want you know like medical information to look up things, please don't go to WebMD. It's completely cartoonish. Go to go to the Mayo Clinic's website. It's the Google of uh, medicine, and you're going to get you get real answers that aren't marred in political BS. So um, you know, I guess we'll, hopefully we'll get some money from the Mayo Clinic people now. <laughs> Be nice. Hold the Mayo. But, um, <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so on the, the so on the winner's whining. So you know along those lines, and you know I had to, I was doing an endorsement um, group for one of the LGBT groups, and Senator Scott Weiner, who's you know, who's famously gone up against people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and over grooming and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott, who didn't even show up, he sent some, one of his uh, lackeys. And they were saying, oh, we, you know, we've tried to pass some great bills for you guys, but that mean old Governor Newsom keeps vetoing them. And this is the problem right here, because the thing is, we can override that. California has a Democratic supermajority in its legislature. And because of that, they have enough votes to override a gubernatorial veto. So to blame this on the governor just reeks of just hollow, hollow politics. Mm-hmm. They had no intention of really pursuing that. Um, and, you know, this is another thing that really bothers me, this kind of low bar, you know, politics. You know, like, what has she done for you in 40 years? Oh, I don't know. She's been out there. She's been vocal. You know. No, that's, but that's a brilliant question. It's the simple questions that yeah. are the hardest to answer. Have you ever seen the Ted Kennedy clip with, uh, was it Bill Moyers, who asked him, why do you want to be president? And he didn't have an answer. He just assumed he would be he president. Just, he just wanted to. Yeah, he just, he just to. wants to do it. He, yeah, just like, you know, I want to, I want to be that guy. I want to be, go down. I want that power. Like, you know, well, you know, what, are, what have you done to earn it? What, what's your motivation? There's nothing mm-hmm. there. There's nothing there. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we live in a city where, you know, people with PhDs are working in Starbucks, and you have a woman who didn't even go to college in Congress 
trying to represent, you know, the, the, the city that ushered in the information technology age. You know, we're talking, we, we're having discussions about extraterrestrial con- contact in Congress, and we have a woman for whom alien is somebody who's supposed to bust her table. That's her definition. <laughs> so, well, so Nancy Pelosi you know, went to college. I found that interesting. No, yeah, she went. She went to like a like a Catholic. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, like a finishing, finishing school. school. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, was so it in like Switzerland or something? Or that's so not college. That's, that's four years of Sunday school. That's that's not college. So <laughs> well, that's that's you know, how to walk with a book on your head. That's that's you know poison and all that stuff. Uh, but how did she meet yeah, Mr. Pelosi? I mean, how did how did she get in politics? Because like I say, I still want a picture of me sitting in her lap for my singing oh, Telegram yeah. days. So we still have to find that. Her, right? her story <laughs> is is that the her story is is that the uh, she used to do like campaign campaign uh, fundraising, which is which is a fancy way of saying party planner. Right. And um, she did campaign uh, fundraising for Democratic candidates. And uh, what happened was the last Congress, the last congressman, I forget his name, uh, he died. Then his wife took over for some reason. I don't even know how that worked. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the laws might have been different back then. But then she died. And, <clears throat> and on her deathbed, this was according to her, and I don't believe a word of it, that this woman told her to run for Congress. So that's that's how she that's what that's what motivated her. Um, you can we have a couple of old clips on our YouTube channel, Bianca from San Francisco. Uh, look up McNeil Lair and uh, KQED or PBS. You'll see them uh, in her old campaign speeches where she's slouching over and she looks completely different. By the way, that was before like the endless pl- plastic surgeries. That she looked great with her eyes. I mean, she, she was attractive. Big. I'll never forget those big brown eyes. Just horrified with me right there. Um, so she was really attractive then, but something happened. I guess age. But, uh, yeah. you know, be, be age, yourself. You know, age. selling hey, look, your soul I'm, I'm, to the devil. Who knows? Um, I got my gray hair. I'm proud of it. So, you know, so who cares? Well, I, I guess that's, at some point she locked in the bob and, it's locked, you know, it's been her look ever <laughs> since, I guess. So, yeah. Um, so where, where, where was I? So, um, so just, you know, raise the bar, people, ask questions. You know, if somebody hasn't met your expectations, you know, don't just say, well, that's the way it is. You know, don't sit there in a room where everybody else is just talking the same way. Ask questions, you know, make demands. You know, it's part of the thing, you know, that my, my, my campaign is I'm going to go there and I'm going to bring votes to the floor that I want. I mean, if I can, I'm going to do everything mm-hmm. I can to get them on the floor. You know, just to, just to root out the traitors. That's the reason why, you know, during during the Obamacare, they, we we have to look at all of her old stuff. I hate it, but we have to do it. And she's mm-hmm. on the news going. She said the one the one criticism I had about Mr. Obama is he didn't respect the House. Now, what that translates into is that he was going to go ahead and do that, knowing full well that a lot of these congressmen were going to lose their lousy jobs. Because that meant they had to they had to go on paper, they had to stand up on the record and say they were either for it or against it, and if they were and if they were against it and they said that they were you know they were always trying to do you know healthcare, then they're going to look like assholes, and that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to do. And by the way, people like Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein presided over at least two, possibly three. Um, super majorities in the legislature and the executive branch. That's when the Democratic Party ruled both. And they could have, in theory, 
gotten everything they wanted on their list. And none of these things got accomplished. We didn't get, you know, Obamacare for a long time, even though Pelosi and Clinton, you know, jawed about it forever. They said, oh, we have to get universal health care. We have to do it. And then they were, they were full of talk. They were completely disingenuous. And by the way, for the people on the right side listening to this, you know, the conservatives, the Republicans enjoyed the same thing, even under Trump. Why didn't they, you know, pass any um, anti-abortion laws? They don't care about those either. They're just about manipulating you. They didn't lock down the court when they had the chance, and they didn't <clears throat> negotiate uh, for judges when they had the chance. They're just concerned about making hay and, and campaigning on people's misery, pure and simple. They're not interested in doing anything, particularly people like Nancy Pelosi are. There are people who are interested in, co- in accomplishing things, but it's not Nancy Pelosi, and it's certainly not Dianne Feinstein. And so I, am, I imagine this Christmas when Diane Feinstein comes back to warn Pelosi about those three spirits, you know, they'll have a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> That's an interesting thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Bianchi's uh, on the line. He, he had a comment here uh, talking about Obamacare. Premiums okay, are going... Okay, what's your comment, Bianchi? Oh, he says... Oh, he's on... He's, he's, oh, he's, I haven't taken this call yet because we have so... Well, I, I can... Okay. Let me, let me put them on for just this, this, this particular thing because we can get sidetracked, and I don't want to do that because you, you have a lot of material to cover here. Bianca, let's, let's talk about Obamacare oh, okay, briefly. Yeah. So let's, uh, uh, let's get your comment on that. Obamacare. And then, uh, we'll go back Obamacare was terrible. Federal government has no business being in the insurance business. They don't. Insurance, student loans, and other things like that. The subsidies continue to go up and up. People who had family plans and premiums increased, people that was in the commercial construction industry, they taxed their benefit because they have, quote, unquote, what Obama Cadillac plan. It's a plan that they defer putting money on their tax income on a weekly check and put the money on their own welfare plan. So it was terrible, and they need to get out of insurance business. Well, there are certain things where you can't just leave, you know, for, you know, to market forces. That's what we have in FDA because before that, it was just market forces and pharmaceuticals and people, and you had to wait for people to die and for a company to get a bad reputation, and not do their drugs. Now, I would well, say along your same on Obamacare, talking about the FDA, uh, Obamacare is terrible. Well, it's a start. Maybe it, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't have its problems, but it's, it's a necessary thing that we need to get started on. A lot of people love it. A lot of millions and millions of people love it. Um, there, was, there were town halls where people were screaming during um, replace. Uh, what, was the, what was that Trump thing they want to do? Replace and um, something. I forgot. Yeah, basically, they, sure. want, they, yeah, they wanted well, to change the, it out with something else. And, you know, there was people yelling at these congressmen who were behind that plan, screaming at the top of their lungs, saying, this thing saved my life. And it's very touching. We should, I should find some clips of that. Um, so it's, it's a good thing. And, you know, by the same token, I would say, you know, if that's the way you want to do things, then why should we even have, uh, you know, federalized security in terms of military? Let's just give every person a gun, and then neighborhoods can go in and buy tanks and 
you know, stealth bombers, and the, really, we'll do it that that's way. Really right? two different arguments. You know, I've held up Pammy Pammy for a little bit. I got his comment on on, uh, on the live chat here too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, because I don't want to get into an Obamacare uh, discussion here. We can do that. We just want to set aside some time one. for that. Uh, it is a big one, but but basically, my feeling, real simply, is that uh, the spirit was right. I mean, you want there's no reason for people to die. I remember in the days when insurance companies were were denying coverage, or this whole idea of a pre-existing condition. All they had, if you have a heart condition, you're probably born with it, you know. And they said, well, that was yeah. genetic. You're, you know, that's that's pre-existing. We don't have to cover that. That was wrong. Insurance companies were having people die because they didn't want to cover things that they promised to cover. So that was a problem. I have no love for insurance companies. On the other hand, I don't want an oppressive government you know, coming in and, and dictating and, and doing all kinds of things with a plan that makes it hugely expensive. You know, you can keep your doctor, but you can't. So Obamacare in spirit, the idea of covering people. Now, now like I say, my idea is a health choice system where there's no, like I say, we don't need to spend trillions on Afghanistan or Iraq or foreign wars. Uh, or or Absolutely. We could take that money. If you're going to spend that money, okay, now I'd say we, I would probably save it, but if you're going to spend it, I would rather see Americans, Americans, not illegals, you know, not uh, foreign nationals, not you know, tourists, everybody else is dropping in here, but Americans covered um, so that uh, nobody should suffer a medical yes. tragedy or horror, you know, simply because they don't have the requisite insurance and the companies can get away with not covering them. That to me makes no sense. I don't want the government running the health plan. I want the government enforcing the plan. Same thing with Social Security. You know, I, I don't want a social security system. I want a private security system. It's, the government has to enforce that the, the money is diverted to a private account, which you don't touch until you're 60. But on the other hand, but if the government takes the money and spends it, they're going to abuse it. So the government should have the policy, but not the responsibility for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think you're talking about the standard contracting model that, you know, like places like the military have been using for decades. You know, they, they don't actually manufacture tanks, you know, the, you know they they contracted out to General Motors and you know Lockheed mm-hmm. Martin and all these companies. Yeah. Um, but they so, uh, yeah, there's, there's certainly the some. There's, I, yeah. I think there's there's a lot of merit to that argument to be sure. Okay. Well, we'll um, pursue it. But we, we should probably sure move on a little stories. bit. Yep. Uh, Bianchi, thank you for your comment. I I appreciate it. And um, so uh, Senator, we, uh, did, we, did we already do Wiener's morning? Yeah, we did. We did. So but the old Wiener is an unfortunate name uh, for a politician. But I want to distinguish from Anthony Wiener. I'll make sure people know which Wiener we're talking about. Don't get your Wieners mixed up. Oh yeah, this is Scott Wiener. I can't believe I said that. State yeah. Senator Scott Wiener. <laughs> right. There we go. So it is State Senator Scott Wiener. Um, if you Google him, you will see some very um, unfortunate picture fails of him in a leather vest, and it's not great. <sighs> So. That's unfortunate. Yeah, okay. Don't no, go to no, Fulton that Street Fair when you're a politician. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, Fulton Street uh, Fair is worth a few minutes of discussion. So, when, when, is that springtime or summer? Or when is that? Whenever that comes around, we got to talk about. No, it's fall. It's like uh, the end of September or something like that. Oh, we missed it. Okay, we'll, I think we'll talk it, about it. It's next already time. passed. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, an, we talk about extreme. That's an extreme event. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to our news. Yeah. And it. Uh, so the old and the cranky are as the hemorrhoid burns. Uh, so I was sitting in on, you know, one of these um, these Democratic groups. I don't want to say the name, but it was a big one. And, you know, you had a bunch of old baby boomers, and that seems to be a recurring theme. In a lot of these clubs and organizations, you don't see a lot of people like under 55 hmm. uh, or even under 65. And, uh, you know, I think you might have seen that with some of the calls you've been on, too. You know, they're, they're mostly, you know, I, I have pictures, Zoom captures of people, some of the people in this meeting literally lying in bed and sleeping. I'm not kidding. I'm not being facetious. Oh, that's funny. 
Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that they're arguing about, like, the, uh, trying to get these nuclear plants like Diablo Canyon offline and things like that and, you know, getting people towards solar and wind. And I'm saying, look, all this stuff is moved, guys, because we're going we're gonna to have fusion power in about 10 years, and it's completely – and it's com- it's a it's a 100% clean energy source. And they started arguing with me on it. They said, no, it's not. It's not. And it's like, no, it is clean. And it's uh, and it's going to be free energy for the rest, you know, for, for the entire world. And this disrupted their little world view. Uh, which so that's I, interesting. I, Let's I talk. You're, you're fading a bit, but I want to yeah. want to talk about that for a second. So people would rather have an energy source that fits their ideology or fits their idea of what they want, rather than one that works and yeah. that is un- unlimited. So we should talk about that for a minute because that's really important. Yeah, and yeah, it is. It's 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 very involved and it's very troubling. And it's not just energy source. It's just like um, it's it's polit- You know, it's politics in general. It's like they they've grown up with um, you know solar and wind being the the panaceas towards environment. You know, for environmental uh, problems. And at the time, they were. Um, uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that our technology has changed, and I think they have a hard time grasping that, or they don't want to grasp that. And it's not just that. It's up with other political concepts, too, like, you know, we were talking about with Gringo, and, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> oh, we didn't even do Chris Holden yet. Um, but, uh, we got time. Uh, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's a funny story. Um, it's, it's not really something to explore. Uh, so, yeah, and, uh, and I think, you know, I appreciate old people or senior citizens, but at some point, you know, you're you're basically in the left lane of politics with your blinker on. Like, you know, <laughs> like you, this, this. That's a great line. As someone who just turned 64 you know, last week, so uh, you know, so I, I'm I'm well, heading in that direction, right? but I'm not and, there yet. Know, What's that? And you know, what are the kids? What are the kids saying now? You know, 60 is the news. 50, so, you know. Oh, it is. 60 is the new 30. I mean, I'm just getting started. I got more energy than I've ever, as much as I've ever had. Your second act. Yep. Yep. So, um, but, you know, a lot of these groups, it's the same kind of thinking. It's like, you know, Pelosi has always been my congresswoman. She can't, she can do no wrong, no matter if she does wrong. Obviously, some conservative or Republican conspiracy is like, and then they hear it from me, and it's like, they don't know what to do. Like, well, she's progressive, but and she's transgender, so she can't be working for them, I guess. But I just don't like hearing what she's saying. I don't like having to think. I don't like having to admit I made a poor choice in life. And yeah, um, yeah. Like when I criticize Trump, conservatives. I was just say when I when I criticize Trump or the Republicans, you know, Republicans get upset when I talk about you know getting rid of my Republican. Uh, uh, membership, which I only keep for the primaries, but uh, I would dump that registration in a second. If they don't appoint a decent speaker, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I don't care. I don't even vote, you know, in the Republican primaries. It's no use to me if they're going to be that stupid. But uh, but that's, you know, you got to have the courage of your convictions. And people, you know, people think that it's okay for the opposition to complain about them, but they don't want to hear their, their you know, quote, their own people. You know, saying something. Progressives don't want to hear criticism from progressives. Conservatives don't want to hear, you know, criticism from conservatives. You know, the the biggest view right now is black conservatives. You know, which uh, which goes against the grain for uh, you know everybody's like, well, wait a minute. You know, they're supposed to be Democrats. What's going on? And it's it's a fascinating uh, phenomenon right there. Are women gun owners? You know, the fastest we we have an action radio uh, gun page, and the fastest growing group of gun owners yeah. are women, particularly black women. 
you know, and so wait a minute. So they're supposed to be liberal and protected by us guys. Get over it. Everybody, you know, everybody can have one. Um, so, so politics is changing as technology changes and everything changes. You can't hang on to something that's obsolete. It's like we don't have acid rain because we cleaned up the cars and the, the, the smokestacks. So don't complain about the environment. Exactly. When the, the, we solved the problem. Okay, you won. Get over it. I don't think people take their victory. They want to keep fighting the battle. Remember, remember, after remember what won. we talked about before? Is like knowing when to pack it in. Yeah. Like remember, like you know, like in terms of like when, when do you sunset? You know, your cause once it's solved, mm-hmm. it's for you know. Yeah. Um, when you win, so, go home. Yeah. It's, Shut up. <laughs> You're yeah. done. <laughs> Mission accomplished. You know, put, yeah. put the banner out and like go home. You know. So, yeah. Go. Go. Um, you know. We have, we have, have a beer, go to bed, you're done. Better problem. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, and then another group um, I, was, I was on, and these people were just delusional about Biden. Um, my God, they still think he can win. They, they were talking about, they were completely ignoring economic relief um, for Americans. And it's so appalling because that's supposed to be number one on the Democratic platform. And they wanted to talk. They were trying to talk, put statements out about everything. About it's like, my God, you guys are going to lose. And it was being yeah. chaired by this guy who used to run um, uh, Clinton's Hillary Clinton's uh, California California campaign. And it's like, no wonder that woman lost. I mean, she's awful to begin with, but then I was like, man, these idiots working for him. Yeah. And <laughs> these completely delusional people. And then you know, there was another group. Uh, you know, it was, it was a women's group. They were talking about abortion, and they were like, abortion's going to be the next hot-button hot issue in the next election. And I'm like, you guys are out of your mind. I mean, I'm pro-choice, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you put abortion before economic relief, you're going you're gonna to have another January 6th. I mean, that, that was the takeaway from both these groups. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you keep, you know, trying to shove this narrative, this nonsense, of ne- this narrative nonsense on people's throat. You're going to have yourself another January 6th. And this time, these people are going to come heavy. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I really believe there's another one that's just inevitable. Because, you know, they're not, they're not addressing the real problems in America. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to uh, address their, achieve their deep state platform of making about nonsense issues and not of any kind of economic relief or any kind of substantive change that people desperately need. And, and, I, and, and I see, like, these older people kind of just, you know, being the leaders of these various groups and organizations that's, that just, you know, are, are just in, involuntarily well, co-opted, like, uh, you know? Yeah, it's like generals I, fighting I the can't. last war. Generals always fight the last war. That's the accident because they've been in the military so long. That's why we had cavalry charges in World War I into machine gun fire and barbed wire. Insane. Totally insane. And yet they did it for years. Trench warfare. You know, so, so just yeah. as generals fight the last war, politicians, old people fight the last war. They're still fighting, you know, things that have already been solved. And so this is, you have to stay current. You know, this is why I like talking to younger and folks. You know, we have a, one of our reporters, a teenager, you know, and one of the biggest reasons is I want her point of view of what kids are that's, thinking. That's an excellent yeah. idea. Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree with that. And, you know, the other Tuesday thing morning. is, too, is that mm-hmm. there's this very dismissive attitude about young people because they don't vote. Um, or at least not the way they want them to. And they're saying, well, if you don't vote, then you really don't have a say. It's like, well, th- they don't see it that way, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and they're getting angrier and angrier. Um, you know, just because people don't vote doesn't mean they're not angry. And doesn't mean they, you know, they're, they're not. They might be very you know, angry. That's why they don't vote. <laughs> they could be so disillusioned yeah. that they, they think it's hopeless, which is a big mistake. You know, yeah. And, so, you know, and, it, yeah. and to sit there and think that you don't have to, you know, 
to, to deal with them is a, is a very, very strategic, you know, misfire mm-hmm. right there. Um, so uh, you have to, we have to start listening to, to the new generation and get a mm-hmm. new generation in office. We need to get the octogenarian class, you know, out where they, you know, but it's an attitude, a nice though, place so to relax. Because there's some old folks with brilliant ideas, and they're very young in their thinking. Yeah. And so what we really... Well, yeah, what like I, Bernie what I, Sanders. Yeah. yeah. Can you get him on the show? That'd be fabulous. I'd love to talk to Bernie Sanders. Uh, I, believe I, me, that would be the dream of a lifetime. It would be fun. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, I, I figure yeah. AOC and some of these other folks I really want to talk to, but Bernie Sanders would be fascinating. Bernie Sanders, I have a tremendous yeah. amount of respect for. Uh, I, I believe in his sincerity. I know that he absolutely yes. believes what he believes. There's not a doubt in my mind that yes. he, he has integrity and that he has honesty, and I just disagree with everything he stands for. But that doesn't matter. That's not the point. The yeah. point is, you know, you know he's, he's legitimate, yeah. 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 So I have much more respect for Bernie Sanders than Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton will say anything oh, for absolutely. power. You know, and then, so, so they yeah. got two people with total, total differences. Now, great, they're both Democrats. That's nothing to do with their personality and their character. You know, but that's to me, as I see the difference. You have the integrity of what you believe. You know, there's not a doubt in my mind that you absolutely believe everything you're saying. And if I thought there was a problem, if I thought you were just doing this for publicity, you know, you wouldn't be here. None of my reporters would be here if that's how they thought. The people are here because they're sincere, because they're honest and they have integrity. And, it, and I can disagree completely, and that doesn't matter. But uh, Bernie would be great. Yeah. Bernie would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, honesty we, and integrity are the, good, are the, are the, are the foundations mm-hmm. of the process of change, really. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but the deep uh, state doesn't have it. They're just to, the opposite. They're like the, the opposite of yeah. honesty and charity. They're all in the in the secret, in the in the in the, the hidden, in the, the the power and the arm twisting and the bribe and the corruption. It's all the, the the dark side of politics as opposed to stuff we do out in the open. Um, but young folks, what I, I was going to make one more quick point here that if we can combine, you know, those of us older folks, you know, with the wisdom we have of our life experience and, and what we know, combined with the, the youthful energy uh, and the desire to do things and make change, that's where I think the real secret is. It's not that you want to listen to the old or the young. You want both of them to start listening to each other and come up with some, uh, you know, sort of like a combination there in the middle, which works. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I, you know, I really, I, I, I really want to help them try to understand, you know, that, mm-hmm. there, that there's new technology out there and that, that, you know, they need to modify their agenda to reflect mm. that. You know, I appreciate their passion. And, and their and their concern they, they are they are passionate and they do they are concerned about these things but they don't understand that there's actually solutions out there like you know you know I didn't want to broach the subject of terraforming which I'm pretty sure they would have just you know had us dead over um, well terraforming is the idea that we can combine technology with like fusion unlimited energy to actually change the atmosphere of the planet. So we can no, undo, no, no. The, you know... No, 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 no. no, no, no. The, the, the world's set up pretty well, please. The laws of physics are working just fine, please. Don't screw around. <laughs> don't, don't reduce the carbon dioxide. Don't, no, no. We, we, we have to have our Green New Deal chat. Um, but carbon dioxide is okay, different. Okay, well, we'll be dead without The point it. is, yeah. it's possible. Uh-huh. That's, the, that's the point. It, it, it's, yeah. it's possible to fix these things now with the technology mm. they have. So mm. we really don't need to worry about... We, that's why I was saying, I'm taking the Green New, our, my Green New Deal package mm-hmm. back to formula, you know, to, to mm. reassess it for these new technologies. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to... We're going to have star drive technology, in, in, you know, in a few years too, yeah, as a result yeah. of fusion and, and interstellar drive, and, and possibly if we can solve the riddle of uh, Einstein's univer- unified field theory, you know, be able to bend space-time and 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 travel faster than light. 
Warp so speed. There's a lot of, yeah, warp speed. That's exactly it. And we're going to, yeah. so um, we have a lot of great things to look forward to. There's a pill that's, that's, um, that's being tested right now that will allow human beings to live to the age of 200. All kinds hmm. of great things out there. Um, we just need to get, we, we need to, you know, ex, you know, be open to them and, and be, and be flexible and, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, I, I, I got a little frustrated during one of these things and I said, you know, you, you, you need to get out of the, the 1960s, you know, and, um, stop, you yeah, know, it's, it's not the days of the hippies and the, you know, it's, there's new technologies out there, um, and you know, and I think also there's there's a contrarian element too. You hmm. know, con- I mean, contrary to the establishment, you know, well, the establishment well, it gave us fusion, so fusion must be bad. <laughs> like no. <laughs> well, here's where we are. It's not how it works. Situation. We've we've got roughly as the nearest estimate is we got like 200 years of oil. Um, for we can drive our economy for another couple of hundred years. Now, if fusion comes in 10 years, great. Leave the oil on the ground. Got no problem. Yeah. Um, I still want to have uh, the equivalent of a Trans Am. I want a Fusion Trans Am. Okay. I want, to, I want something that looks like a 1970. No, you can't Trans have Am. that. I don't. I don't think yes, that's going to take a long time to to portableize the technology. Okay, fine. But all right. Well, we'll you'll have an electric Trans Am. Electric Trans Am. For as sure. As long as it sounds right, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm flexible on that. But the point is, we've got plenty of natural uh, energy that we have time to create better energy. You know, we have time to create uh, fusion. Yes on hydrogen fuel cells yeah. and eventually warp drive. And all these things are going to be possible, but you've got to have an optimistic viewpoint. I'll tell you a perfect example, radio. All right. I was basically canned because I didn't do 1960s era drive time radio. Okay. That was, that was the plan. When, when my station was bought, and I'm not going to say who, because I've already cast aspersions upon their, their <clears throat> character. Um, but that was it. That was the basic problem was I wasn't doing, you know, a 1960s format. Now in 1960, everybody was driving V8 Chevy Impalas, you know, that got five miles to the gallon listening to AM radio because there was no cell phone. There was no, no uh, cell phone for weather or for news or for traffic and all the things that AM radio does that nobody needs anymore. This is why I came up with a new format. Yeah. So radio. Now, here's something really interesting. And you might want to look this guy up, Fred Jacobs. Fred Jacobs is the, the man that created uh, the classic rock format. He is a media consultant. He's a genius. And he's also watching what we're doing here at Action Radio because I've been in touch with him for, for a couple of years because he said radio needs a new idea. And I said, Fred, it's already been done. So I, answered, I put a comment in one of his articles, and we've been in touch ever since. But he recognizes it, too. That radio, of all places, you know, there's no new ideas in radio. And if there's no new ideas in radio, this is why talk radio is dying. It's because the audience is getting older. All they want to do is yell and scream and complain. They don't want to do anything. Exactly. Actually, radio wants to do something, but it's against the format. It's a new idea. Basically, we, re- we have revolutionized broadcasting by combining in a citizen legislature where people can not only call in and go, yeah, 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 yeah. They can actually write a bill, and that bill can be distributed nationally and internationally and can go directly to members of government and the media. That's never been done before. But because it's a new idea, yeah. it's automatically discounted. Again, as I told uh, Bonnie earlier, 400-some-odd rejections before I found a station that would hire me over, over the course wow. of a few years. Yeah. But I, I don't give up. You're, I, I you're a lot stronger than I am, Greg. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just, I just, I'm just stubborn. Uh, I, don't, all, you know, I, I don't think I could I, take corner just... rejections. Um, oh, well, no. But, to um, me, it was like, ha-ha, you're wrong. So I figured, I, to me, it was a re- I reject them. So if you don't have the capacity to consider a new idea, I don't want to deal with you. I have no use for you. you we can't talk. There's nothing to meet. 
there's no there's no compromise that's going to work if the fact that I have a new idea, the new idea itself, the fact that it's new, has already is, is already a deal breaker. I can't, I, you know, I just. But that's what Fred talks about. Is the radio needs new ideas. Radio is against new ideas. Why do you think we still have 1960s, you know, drive time on those AM stations? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that hysterical? Yeah, those, 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 those guys are done. Especially, you know, like, what, what are you going to do once cars go fully autonomous and people just, like, watch TV or, you know, on the, on the, on the drive <laughs> over? That. I mean, I mean you, you put your GPS, well, it's got a traffic map. You know where the traffic problems are. You don't need somebody to announce it because yeah. nobody can visualize you don't, you it. Don't anyway. I don't need somebody know telling you, like, where it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, you know, I use, <laughs> I use a new skipping app called Haystack, you know, to flip through mm-hmm. stories. And it's always the, the weather is always the first thing on, and I flip right past it because I can just look on my phone and get mm-hmm. the weather. I don't need some guy in a cheap suit talking about it for, you know, five <laughs> minutes. Look out the window. So, <laughs> you know, just wind yeah, the window. Oh, the window it's raining. raining. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and we, we actually, we see this thing in Hollywood a lot, too. There's a mm-hmm. thing known as bankable talent, right? Ooh, what's so, that? like, people will peop, – that refers to, like, guys like Sean Connery who people will, you know – pay money to like watch and read the phone book or something like that. But <laughs> so no matter first, how bad the movie, they'll, they'll go, they'll pay money just because yeah, they're the star. Yeah. Okay. So got it. Got that's it. the idea. But the, you know, I think that's a flawed idea because when, you know, when studies are shown when they introduce new people or like new platforms like streaming and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, they've actually been very profitable too. So it, it doesn't really work and you can save a lot of money out there because that's, that's what a lot of the reason why these people are striking is that there's, the money's all concentrated in one place, you know, with yeah. the studios and these A-list actors who get, mm-hmm. you know, millions and millions of dollars, sometimes even hundreds of millions of dollars, insane, insane, obscene amount of money, you know, to do these things where, you know, you probably could have found, a, you know, an actor who's just starting out or, you know, maybe like five or ten years in, it would be just as good. But, yeah. you know, they, they don't want to do the effort to, you know, go out, what they call scouting, and, and find these guys. So they just, they're relying on the same system that they've set up since the 20s. Right. You know, to, you know, you get some contract players in, see how they go, and then maybe, you know. And make um, the same movie <laughs> over and over again. It's like ACDC. Make, yeah, make the same type of movie. Yeah. The buddy film, <laughs> the, the buddy same. cop, yep. the rom-com, you know, the same, you know, tired old formulas. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, you know, they need to change too. You know, they, not just change with the technology, but, you know, change their damn format. To make New ideas fun. are scary to people. Yeah. The, like I say, it's out of their comfort zone. They can't handle they it. They are. I know. I, I got, let's see, about 400 rejections. I mean, I don't know exactly, but it was, it was a lot. Um, and I kept them for, for a long time. You dumped them. I just threw them all out at one point. This is back when people actually, you know, it was, a lot of it was email. But, uh, yeah, and I just had a whole file. I had, like, my rejection file. Every once in a while, I'd read it just to amuse myself. But, uh, no, new ideas are the scariest thing out there. You know, this, this show is a scary idea. When the deep state finds out exactly what we're doing, I mean, they're already hacking my website uh, and censoring me on social media. And we haven't even really been I'm pretty sure they're listening to my phone calls, too. So. Oh, that's very possible. Well, I always invite the FBI KGB yeah. to join the show. You know, it's like, so, so boys, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, you know, 215-383-3832, yeah. the, 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 the phone lines are always open for the FBI KGB to uh, give me a call. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, call call in and tell us what you're up to. Yeah, exactly. So, so who are you going to raid next? You know, or are you going to tell CNN first? You know, let us know. And if it's me, definitely yeah. let me know. You know, would it be great to get a phone call? Greg, this is the FBI. We're going to raid you in 10 minutes. Well, I'm not still on the air. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, you have to stop the show early. Oh, you know, I'm not really Thanks. dressed for that right now. So yeah, exactly. uh, maybe come back Thanks later. Thanks for the warning. Yeah, let me, can I put my shoes on at least? You know, give me a break. Jeez, God. Anyway. <laughs> 
Can I schedule this for, can I pencil you in for later in the week or something like that? Can we make an appointment? After I've left the country. Yeah. No, I wouldn't um, leave the country. No, so, you're kidding. That's, uh, you know, first of all, I, I would I would inundate them with, with my usual sarcasm. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. You know, so far, so good. So far, so good. We're, um, yeah. we're, we'll Have we see covered everything? Um, yeah, we got everything. Uh, what, uh, we'll, we'll end it on a, on a kind of a funny note. Um, so California State, Chris Holden, you know, the little crybaby from Pasadena. Uh, I was doing a call with um, an LGBT group in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were, you know, we were vying for endorsements and things like that. There was a lot of politicians from down there on. Uh, Chris Holden is an assembly person who is running for district supervisor seat in Los Angeles County, uh, which is about Los Angeles County is about That's 10 million people. That's huge. That's like bigger than a governor yeah. in, in some states. I mean, LA County is huge with billions of dollars. So it's this huge. is a big deal. Yeah. And, so this district is, is northeast. It mo- it's mostly Pasadena and parts of San Bernardino and things like that. But the thing is, is that when, when, they, when they discuss the candidates, they make us go into this, what they call a breakout room. And um, most people just sit there, but I'm like, I'm in a breakout room. I got an audience. I'm going to talk. You're going to break out. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had a breakout. So uh, mm-hmm. I, was, I was just talking about my campaign and what's going on in San Francisco. And I was trying to like, you know, well, what's happening in L.A.? Are you guys, you guys doing the street sweeps again? You know, all that kind of stuff. And this one guy, you know, engaged me and he said, you know, you know, I've been following your campaign. I love you. But, you know, I also want to talk about this Chris Holden guy. You know, hmm. he is such a phony. And, you know, he's going on and on like this. But he was saying it very respectfully, actually. But he didn't know that Chris Holden was on there, even though you can all see in those Zoom boxes, like, you know, everybody's name and sometimes their picture. And, you know, I, did, I completely forgot, too. But it's. Yeah, he was talking about Chris Holden, and rather than Chris Holden, like you know, turning the you know sound on and just which everybody can do, like a lot of people sit silent, they think like you know, but you can talk. And rather than turning his sound on and just standing up for himself like a man, what he did was he went to the to the groups, you know, to the to the calls moderator, and he said these people are saying mean things about me, and they came back and they gave us a you know they they you know, they gave us the third degree. Or they give this guy the third because you can't talk about like these guys, you know, you know, out of, in the breakout room. <laughs> and I was just like, you, you went and tattletailed? Is that what you did? You know, to the to, rather than standing up for yourself, my God, you know, maybe there is some truth. I I don't know the guy. I don't follow a lot of Southern California politics, but uh, it just seems like you know, that's that seemed like a, a something a disingenuous guy would do. Rather yeah. than stand up for himself and say, you know, hey, I appreciate you feel that way, but these are the circumstances, why, you know, why we had to do this, you know. <clears throat> but, honesty you know, is direct. Could, you know, uh, lies are lies are around, yeah, lies are around the corner and over the hill and far, far away. But honesty is direct. That's, that's so we invited Chris Holden yeah. to come on, and we didn't hear back from him, so Aww. he had 24 hours to reply. So I guess, you know, Chris, if you're listening, you know, I, I don't you're know. Weenie, you, you're, you're a weenie, Chris. You're a weenie. You're a weenie. You're a weenie. You're a weenie. You get the Scott Weiner Weenie Award. <laughs> um, well, isn't that a fortunate name for it? If I was going to go into politics, my last name was Weiner. Nothing against the, the Weiners of the world. But I would change it. I'm sorry. This is, the, the jokes are just, especially Anthony Weiner, who had a sex scandal. I mean, it doesn't get, you know, what, what are the chances, right? Doesn't get. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's not a good name for politics. Folks, it's just not a good name. It's just not. 
you know, there's certain names, you know, if you have certain kinds of names, maybe don't like invite certain problems in your life. Mm -hmm. Or there's a, there's a politician whose last name is H O A R pronounced whore. That's not a good name for politics. It's just not. No, no. Even you if know. you're a man, like it's still not, 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 well, not it's a man. <laughs> it is a guy, right? Yeah, but that's his last, and then oh, that it's is a guy, so. Or H-O-A-R. Yeah. Yeah. They used to, in fact, there's a, yeah. there's a story at UMass where I went, University of Massachusetts. The, the, one of the houses, every house there is named for somebody's last name, except the Arnold house. Well, Arnold's last name was Hoare, and they didn't want to have a campus uh, dorm for women named Hoare House. That Hoare building, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so everything else is like, you know, Smith House and Jones House and Wilson House and things like that. But Arnold House is the only one with the first name, and that's why. A little trivia from UMass. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's exactly, you know, it's like it's very telling about the mm-hmm. – so, um, so yeah, that's that's the news uh, from California, the left coast. Uh, just keep in mind, people, if an automatic, if an autocratic regime wanted to take over, how would they do it? Would it be would it be different than how it is now? That's the question. Just, we know how they do so, it. We disagree on that, but that's okay. Let's get your contact so information. That is and the and news, I wish you a and I will see and, you. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Greg. You too. And we'll see everybody next or hear everybody next week. Contacts, Bye-bye. websites, Facebook pages, YouTube. Oh channel. yes. Oh my Greg, you should be my manager too. You're you're awesome. I should. Um well on the show yeah. maybe, but that's 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 about it. The rest of the time you're on your own. But when you're on the show I'll I got yeah. you back. <laughs> uh so anyhow, yes, Bianca for San Francisco dot org. Or you can just search Bianca von Krieg and my campaign stuff will come up. I also have a link tree, Bianca for it's Bianca, the number four SF. Uh, we, we're on everything, you know, Twitter, Instagram. We're mostly on Instagram, on Facebook. On uh, Our YouTube channel is great. Our YouTube channel is blowing up. There's great mm-hmm. videos in there of these politicians, you know, showing who they really are. I <laughs> highly recommend it. Um, what, what's the channel <laughs> called? What's the channel called? What, what's the? Your YouTube what's, channel, what's, what's it called? That? What, What's it oh, called? it's just Bianca for San Francisco. Just Google, go into the YouTube search and get Bianca for San Francisco. You'll, mm-hmm. It'll come right up, and uh, you'll see, go to go to the one we talked about the CNN one today. Look at the Wolf Blitzer one when Wolf Blitzer just tears Pelosi a new one. You know, over the things that we we engineered with the Trump White House. It's great, and it and it's by bipartisan cooperation at the best. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, uh, the fact that you that, cooperate with Trump, that's, I mean, you know, if you know Trump people, I'm trying to get the kids on, you know, Don Jr., uh, Eric, or, or uh, Laura would be great to get on the show. Uh, that'd be fascinating. Well, let's get Jenna on to cry for us. Maybe get Jenna Ellis. Oh, listen to my first half hour. Uh, you'll probably disagree with me completely, but listen to the first half hour of the show. I talk about exactly that. Um, so I think you'll find that interesting, too. Yeah. All right. Get I, out of here. I know I you. will. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, good deal. I gotta, I gotta shove off. I appreciate everything, and um, we'll see, we'll see everybody, we'll hear everybody, and talk to everybody next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Bianca. Appreciate the report. Take care. Bye, Bye now. Bye. What a day. This has been great. Now, Bill canceled the first uh, half hour. Um, 
and I actually uh, filled it up with uh, a chat. And the title of the show, Extorted Plea Bargains of Trump Folks Like Forced POW Confessions. That's a kind of a short way of saying that I'm comparing, not exactly because the POWs were tortured, but those POWs that uh, were forced to confess America is a terrible place, they hate what they're doing, you know, you know, bless the wonderful people of the People's Republic of North Vietnam, you know, that kind of stuff. Very similar to what's happening now, except that these people are not being tortured, but they're facing massive jail terms on bogus charges, you know, rigged with rigged courts. So I understand why they're doing it, but it does show me a bit of a lack of character, that you have to have a little more faith. Uh, in yourself and in the system that this should not be happening because it's just going to be used against Trump. And not only is it, I mean, they're looking at it personally, but quite frankly, it's affecting all of us because if this is used against Trump and he gets taken off ballots, then we're all screwed. Uh, and that's a whole different thing. Uh, we didn't want to get in that particularly with Bianca at this time, but we will. Uh, this kind of stuff is going to come up. That's why I want her to listen to the first half hour first. Thank you very much all for listening. This has been an amazing uh, uh, show, amazing conversation. And, uh, you know, credit goes to the folks that, uh, that are reporting. Uh, to be able to do this and allow me to do this and not have to talk for three hours by myself, which would not be fun. All right, back tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow we do have several hours off. Uh, so we, uh, I think the whole show's off. So I'm going to be uh, improvising, maybe playing a repeat interview. I'll, I'll figure it out tonight. Anyway, um, so you all take care. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time when we will do it all again. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. 
Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Do you know someone who died in a hospital? Did you know that medical errors are the leading cause of death in hospitals? What if I told you you could prevent or protect yourself from hospital death? The founders of Hospital Hostage Hotline and ProtocolKills.com are offering a free upcoming webinar titled How to Save Your Life When Hospitalized. Here you will learn how to have your choices legally honored, how to prevent unwanted protocols and treatments, how to understand hospital structure, how to stop harassment and bullying. Space is limited, so sign up today at protocolkills.com slash webinar. And if you're thinking, I'll just never go to the hospital, see where that gets you when you've suffered a car wreck, an asthma attack, or a ruptured appendix. It's not just about COVID anymore. So do yourself and your family a favor by knowing how to save your ass by signing up for this free webinar at protocolkills.com slash webinar. Don't miss out. Do it now as if your life depends on it because it does. Reserve your seat to the webinar at protocolkills.com slash webinar. Catch it October 26th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or October 28th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed 
and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.